This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Vailar. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're back at Sunday School or whatever the fuck as we watch Spine Whoa. 266 in the Criterion Collection, Cecil B. DeMille's King of Kings from 1927. But first, RJ, yeah. how are you? A little bit taken aback by that uh, those curse words you were throwing throwing out. Uh, I mean, it's not even seven o'clock. <laughs> well, I mean, de- 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 depends it depends on where you are in the world when in the t- in the time zone that we live in. Yeah, it's allegedly before dinner time. Allegedly, allegedly, people will never figure it out. They what don't what, know what, what do you live. mean before dinner time? You can't swear before dinner. It's after dinner. Where, where, where are you at? Maybe for you. What? You haven't eaten yet? When do you eat? I, I'm consuming my meal later. I see. I'm gonna I'm what? gonna do is, different is, things. Is this right be- is this right before you go to bed at uh ten o'clock? Well it depends how long the episode goes. I Last see. week we went to like three AM, so that's when I had dinner was then. <laughs> and pa- you know? and then promptly fell asleep. And then just <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I uh what was I gonna say? Fuck, I can't remember. I don't know. I had to. How was Christmas, Jared? Christmas was grand. <laughs> it was like yeah. a, it was like a grand piano. Like it was whimsical. Uh, I mean, it was a day. It. I mean, this particular Christmas, probably unlike a lot of others, and I, I feel like from conversations I've had with other people, mm-hmm. it, this isn't a typical Christmas. People, people, I think Why? really Is there started. Going on? Yeah, I think so. I think there's like there's something causing people to not leave their homes, and uh, they're they're not doing what they normally would be doing. And I think they're actually really appreciating that. I think they're. I think they might be even be on board with like maybe like a change to their behavior because they've seen the possibility huh. that oh, we don't always have to do things all the time. Maybe, maybe, or maybe I'm wrong. Or and next year there'll be like a doubling down. And it'll be the most Christmas offense imaginable. If there even is a next year. If there even is a next year. And I don't mean a Christmas. I just mean a next year. The state of things right now. Mm-hmm. Like the state of this country. The state. The state of things. Yeah. Well, I, we had a lovely, uh, a lovely day at home. It was still busy because, like. Uh, my mom came in like to the porch and dropped off like a card and stuff like that. So, you know, you talk, we're, we're in the door, in the house, the door open and they're out on the sidewalk and you talk for like 10 minutes. Is that considered a gathering? Um, well, you're inside and they're outside. Yeah. What happens if you got closer than that? Would, we didn't, would, would enforcement come? I don't know. Did you hear about anyone getting tickets? No. Not nothing, no. nothing at all. I th- I mm-hmm. think that uh, our uh, Creepsville Police Department will be cracking down real hard for New Year's, though. I think mm-hmm. I think they're gonna get uh, zealous. You know what they should do? I think I mentioned before. You know how they always post like uh, uh, DUI drivers? They should uh, post how many people got COVID infractions over over the Christmas <laughs> break. Yeah, RJ, it's about education, not enforcement. Is that what it's about? People have been lying to me for years. Well, we we uh, we we didn't get a ticket, but we had a nice time. We made a little 
you know, some food. It was a little too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, there was a whole day where I couldn't think of, uh, we were trying to think, it was like, what's a dessert for Christmas? And then we're like, what? We're like, what is Christmas dessert? I figured it out eventually. Do you know what it is? Um, Don't say figgy pudding, because I'll throw you right out the fucking window. What the fuck are you, figgy pudding? Isn't that from that song? No. Bring me some figgy pudding and have a happy new year. Jesus. You know? What, what would you say Christmas dessert is? Like, you know, like how, like October. Sugar cookies. Yeah. It's cookies. Sugar cookies. It's cookies. That's what I'm, I've come yeah. to decide. Yeah. You got to have the yeah. sugar cookie and then you have like the the icing for, uh, that mm. color coordinates, you know, like for a Christmas tree, you have green. Oh, yeah. And then you know what? It just magically tastes like green then. I know. Andrew's grandma makes uh, sugar cus- uh, sugar cookies, and they're always trees, green trees. Mm-hmm. They're the it's the best. I look for it all year. I say make with the cookies. Let's go. Yeah, cookies. Chop chop. chop. Cookies. Yeah, and then uh, so we uh, we had our annual poker game with the boys that I get invited to, and uh, how did I that know, how, did, how did that work? Uh, we uh, we used poker stars online. Wow! And that, then we had a, that... a separate Zoom call pop up. Wow! So and then you drank by yourself. <laughs> well, I said uh, I was invited to a staff party online like uh, a week ago um, when we finished up for Christmas break, and oh. it was a Zoom party. And oh. I was like, I don't need any help getting drunk in my basement by exactly, myself. Exactly. Exactly. But well, the poker thing, like I don't mind that, and it's a. Uh, it's just like one of my buddies, it's his brother-in-law, throws it. And uh, I don't know if you remember, Jared, but the last two years, Rain and Champ, this guy. Mm-hmm. This guy. And I'd always used it to find data? Uh, Yeah, it, data. Well, he's a computer. He can count the cards. Yeah. How, how did he not win at poker every time? Was he just well, like... Uh, he, 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 played, he set his mode to easy for the, the poor humans. Oh, uh, I see. I see. Who do you think was the best poker player on, uh, on um, the Enterprise? Uh, I don't know what what makes for a good poker player as a person who's never played poker outside of video games. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a one way of looking at it. But what makes it? You're the best. But what makes one win? Uh, by beating everyone else. By beating everyone else. You beat beat them off. That's it. That's all it takes. Yep. Yep. You just got to beat everyone else, and then you're good. Well, I, I don't know. Like people are like, "Well, you got to know how to bluff and stuff." And it's like, I don't know. I think you just got to be good. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? That's 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 very internet of you. Just get, be better than everyone else. Get and get, then get good. Get good yeah. and get good fast. Okay. Bucko. Bucko. So who do you think who who would be the uh, enterprise best poker player? Well, I I think that Jordy's visor probably gives him a bit of an advantage because no one else. You know, like poker players, there's like dudes who wear like sunglasses. Mm-hmm. So vi- he's got his visor, and who knows? Who knows? No one knows. No one knows anything about those visors. Well, he can see like human emotion through those, I imagine. So he can tell yeah. when people are being honest or not. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that thing of Kim Kardashian where she was at like a celebrity post a poker thing, and she had big sunglasses on because she thought it was cool, <laughs> but they were reflective, so she she like they could just see her cards every hand. Um, it's pretty fun. Was that Kim Kardashian you were talking? Kim about? Kardashian. Okay. Yeah, hey, where's uh where's the poker on uh DS9? There's no like I know they have darts and quarks now, but uh don't they have like Dabo girls like for the tables? Like they they got like their games. They have Dabo, yeah. But like the, like the crew themselves, 
and like you know they're they're never just hanging out i guess they do like hollow sweet stuff but mm-hmm. it's Ho- not the same hollow sex well i don't know what they're doing in there i mean bashir is clearly but mm-hmm. uh oh fuck yeah <laughs> I don't, I don't well i mean we saw that like well, it was leading into sex stuff and then it and then it turned yeah so i do like that the technology sh- shift has happened it will condense things to like visors yeah jordy's visor with holodex it's all coming together oh interesting yeah interesting one day hmm. we'll, we'll just be uh james woods sitting in that warehouse whacking off Ooh. well you you wouldn't need to any at that point the computer would do it for you okay it would like... just release release endorphins in your brain and then you'd be like mm. it would give you the illusion that you did so you don't even have to soil yourself i mean that's up to you okay so it depends a... on how you want to do it beautiful you know what i mean you want, you want to check out what's going on in our soiled mailbag uh, if I say yes, will you never say that again? No guarantees. Okay. Okay. Um, first up, we have an email from Shane Gordon. Who? Shane O'Mac. Oh, Shane O'Mac. Do you throw hands with Shane O'Mac? I, I don't. Okay. Yeah, you I, don't I don't, I, I don't dare. He'll potato you. He'll potato you? Yeah. Oh my god! Hey, I also noticed. I don't listen to the podcast, but I was checking out the um, Andrew wanted to check out the uh, the unboxing video, and I noticed that because I'm drinking that different drink now, you can kind of pick it up on the the mic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's pretty unprofessional of you, Jarrett." Mm-hmm. So you should clean that up before you get to the emails, okay? Okay. Clean it up. So what's up with Shane O'Mac? Well, he wrote it with an email entitled "Come Punk." Um, oh. but, but I believe he also sent me a, a message on Facebook saying I should call it pipe bomb. But why, why, what does that mean? It's a wrestling thing, RJ. Was it CM Punk's wrestling thing? Yeah. What was it? It was a promo he cut where he like, he, he broke the fourth wall and it was like, he was shooting. You know what shooting he, is? Uh, yeah. And he would shoot the pipe bomb. <laughs> Yeah, he dropped, so he, dropped, kind... he, he dropped a pipe bomb on the air, RJ. A pipe bomb. Like his wiener? <laughs> no. It's a shoot, brother. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that's good. I I'm, I'm so – it is way better that way. Because it's like – for a second, I was like, is this like the people's elbow? But now I feel it's like it. he was nude on live TV or something. Well, you know how like this – we're, we're – characters on a podcast yeah that's the work do you understand and then like when we shoot is when we're we're talking legit when we're breaking kayfabe you feel me brother and where does the where does the pipe bomb come into place well, it's, just, it's just like dropping a pipe bomb you know and then it's like real and you're like oh shit what's going on what's real what's unreal is, is this is this scripted is are they going off script and then they cut his mic. Um, this doesn't. How does this relate to? Uh... Well, Shane Gordon writes, "Hello, okay. creeps. It's the return of the Mac. Shane O'Mac, that is. See, he knows. Oh, okay. He knows he's yeah, Shane he's O'Mac. Got Sorry for the absence. I've been busy and have fallen behind on the podcast. Doing my best to catch up. Currently on episode two hundred and twenty-four. That's not that bad. Because what is this? Two twenty-eight. I don't know. If you could have told me this was 800 and I would have believed you. I know. 
have dipped a little into that past to hear your thoughts on films or directors that I like. That has mixed emotions for me. Yeah, I, that's a that's a nicer way to put it than most people do, I that's think. It's true, it's true. First, I love the banter and humor you guys have together. It, flo- it flows organically and draws you in as if you were there, just sitting around having a discussion with friends. But on the backside of that, a fart knocker fuckboy Kevin Smith fan gets skewered by those same friends for liking Chasing Amy and the likes from the fat man. I know I'm going to get skewered for this as well, but one complaint that I found weird was the problem with all the interweaving lore and stories throughout the View Askew universe. If my first Star Wars film was The Force Awakens, I would have been completely lost and having no idea why Old Man Ford was so important and loved when he came on screen. I know it's not Star Wars, but Kevin Smith has created a universe for the fans to be viewed like a Star Wars or Lord of the Rings saga. I mean... I think that's it's fine. He can like Kevin Smith if, if he wants. I used oh, to well, like Kevin Smith. Yeah, I, I did. I, have, I did too. I have two signed J Muse blue uh, Blu-rays here, or two Blu-rays signed by J Muse. If you catch my drift, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I used. I've got some of the to... uh, the Oni comics, uh, Kevin Smith comics. He did. I think like this was, God, like it was like a prequel to Jalen Silent Bob strikes back it was almost like a almost like a i don't even i think it's in continuity as well it's been forever mm-hmm. since i read them but yeah they're they go into a life of making porn and i found out all sorts of weird things via the the lens of kevin smith mm-hmm. um, well i think that's uh you know how fight club fans ruined fight club for me it's like kevin yep. smith has ruined kevin smith for me this is this is true if you know what I mean, yeah. all those things like that tweet about his wife's ponin poned brown, and then uh, all, all these he always tweets out pictures of him crying, oh, and it's like fuck. like always, always it's like the season finale of the Flash brought this this man to tears, and it's like that's that's fine too, but do you need to tell us? No. Or can you just go about your day? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, I remember uh, was it like Entertainment Weekly saying that they were looking for who's going to be the next Kevin or who's going to be the next Martin Scorsese? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they uh, they were like Kevin Smith, the next uh, Scorsese, and I was like, is he? <laughs> is that is that going to happen? And what was that based off of Clerks and Chasing Amy? Because neither yeah. of those are like Martin Scorsese at all. I don't think. Not at all. I mean. What even are they like? I was going to say Richard Linklater, but that's just what that's just what Kevin Smith himself claims yeah. that he's trying to make movies like. I don't know if that's actually true or not, or if I agree with that or not, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Second. Oh, yeah. At two, Jarrett, Boondock Saints. <laughs> oh, enough said. Still love listening and just busting some balls here as the world is diverse and would be boring if we all love the same stuff. What that's a, true. What a mature take. As opposed to uh, the huge, the 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 huge tube comments. Mm. Did we get any big YouTube comments this week? Uh, you know what? We actually had one person compliment us on doing the podcast. So they watched the uh, the the move theatrical version of scenes from a marriage and was talking oh. about the differences in that uh, from Victor Rodriguez. It was actually a very uh, useful comment. I was like. What? Pretty, Another change of piece. Pretty rare. Uh, someone, one comment that said that they felt that the Seventh Seal is a bit sloppy. The editing and continuity is a bit of a mess. 
Some people oh, that's shoot, fine. Some people shooting on Seven Seal, RJ. Is that uh, is that pipe bombing? It could be. Seven Seal? Uh, maybe. But maybe if it was yeah. Bert, maybe if it was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, they're all dead now anyway. They're all dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if, if know- Moxman Seedow started talking about Bergman in the movie. Mm. He would well. It'd be hard for him to talk with uh, with how long his arms are. Like I don't know how he got two words out that guy, but um, I uh, I did notice uh, there was more than one comment about uh, people saying that they thought based on our appearances. Now it wasn't like last time when people were really disappointed in how I looked. Uh, this time it seemed like people thought that yeah, <laughs> based on your appearance that you were me, and based on. Or my appearance and voice, I was you. Or, yeah. or based on my voice, I, they thought I was you. Uh, and now, the other way. Yeah, I, I kind of was like, is this because uh, RJ has an annoying voice and I look annoying? Is 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 that is that what we're supposed to get out of this? I'll take that because that was a a deep double burn on a, a self <laughs> a self burn, annoying voice and looking annoying yeah. possibly yeah. possibly. Well, RJ just he looks he looks like Jake Gyllenhaal, but it sounds like this. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, I, RJ, if was, only you could have the the sweet baritones of one Jarrett Duncan. If only, if you could combine I, those two things, the the doors would swing open. I know what it would what it takes to get your voice, and I don't want to be a part of that mm. kind of stuff. Not at all. You, but, don't, you don't want to be a part of that scene. No, thank you. But no. separate people mentioned that, not just on YouTube. So a couple of people were uh, commenting on uh, on our Twitter about it. The same thing. They're like, I would have thought it was uh, the other way around. And I was like, huh? These, I guess these are all the new because like we did this like almost a year ago. Actually, we I found I thought it was like last Christmas that we did the first unboxing video. I think it was just after. It was just it was like January. Yeah. So we've done two unboxing videos in a single year. How about that? Well, it just shows the uh, the constant uh, support and care that uh, the the many creepers out there are, um, you know, invested in us. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll give it back one day. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Speaking of balls, Shane oh. continues. That brings me to the title of this email. I was beyond stoked to see the amazing gift from Mister Rob Eagle. You have to mm. be the police. You have to be the police, RJ, and make sure Come Punk is represented in Jared's room when you do these podcasts. And where is he, RJ? I'm happy to report that uh, he is there as advertised. Uh, it looks as if he hasn't moved uh, since last week, which nope. is good. Nope, he's not. He, no, no, no. He's, he's got nowhere else to be. Yeah, where else is he going to go? Exactly. It's coronavirus. He can't leave. He, you know, he can't. He has to stay. He shouldn't go out. You know, he can't go anywhere. I mean, so. technically, he doesn't even have a shirt. Or a mask, but he does got kick boots on. I think if he had a mask, he would be allowed into some places, right? It's just that no shirt is still a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Why do people not wear shirts when they go into places? I, I'm not, that's not a problem where I go, RJ. It's, it seems like it follows me everywhere. Every one of the establishments I've been frequenting, like this huge rave I went to uh, last night. Down at down at like one of the local places, it's like I don't know, packed like eight hundred people or something like that. There's hardly any shirts in there. What's that about? I will do my best to catch up, uh, but my Christmas gift of thirteen seasons of thirteen seasons of it's always sunny in Philadelphia might slow me down. Ooh. Yeah, I'd rip through that. That's more. That's a lot better than what, that's, what that's, you get out of this end. 
Yeah, that's pretty quick viewing because they're only about like 20 minutes a piece. So you like, that's three an hour. Mm-hmm. And you can rip through the, those bad boys. Keep up the good work. Overalls are for the yokels of The Hills Have Eyes. RJ? Uh Oh, I don't like that because I don't like that movie. But overalls, I, I mean, I got them. I just haven't, I haven't worn them out yet. I haven't worn them out yet. Bad Santa 2 is Bad Santa without any humanity and redeeming qualities removed. You can check mm. my review on Letterboxd. Keep up the food and toy talk. And Jared, I hope Mr. Brooks keeps you sticky. Well, I don't. What do you mean sticky? I don't know. I don't know, RJ. I think we're talking about soiling again. Oh, good God. Good Lord. Well, it's nice to hear from Shane O'Mac. I'm just... Uh... I'm just questioning uh, some of the word choices he used. Mm-hmm. That's all. I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe Jared Berger will clean it up. Ooh, he's a real guy, and he has real opinions. Let's see. The reason for the season. Hey, creeps. My family and I enjoy going north for a couple of weeks during the winter break for skiing. This year, we will travel to various places in Colorado and Salt Lake City. It's like there's Ooh. no it's no pandemic at all in America, RJ. <laughs> Well, hey, that's not the, that's not Jared Berger, real guy's fault, you know, because uh, I think a lot of the people there, the elected officials, Jared, possibly I know, I the know. highest elected official, is telling uh, the entire country, "Don't worry, we'll get you that Regeneron. You'll be all right." No one talks. Wor- you know, it's funny. No one talks about that anymore. About the Regeneron? Yeah, no one talks about that. Almost like it didn't matter. It's almost, almost like almost. I, I just, I do find it strange because, um, I guess like in my local community of local group, everyone's mm-hmm. in the same situation. But then I see out in, in the great beyond of Creepsville, people are just living life, and I'm like, right, mm-hmm. we all don't live in the same part of the world that are like having. Very strict regulations come down upon us. Not even that they're not even that strict because they're barely enforcing it. But um, most of the people I know, it's like, well, that's what it is. We're just going to stay on in. But like when you see those like images of like the planes flying all around America, still like how many mm-hmm. like it's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. All right, and I mean, I get. I think you're right too. Like about the perspective on that. Yeah. Like where we live, we. We have a, a lockdown, so yeah. we're not allowed to be in more than groups of two. Yeah, no outside, outside of your family, outside like, of your family that you live with. Yeah, you've, uh, you're not you're not allowed groups of two. So it's like for, for four, you and for me, four it's weeks. Like, yeah, we're for four weeks. So for us, we're like, well, yeah, we're not doing anything. Who gives? Or it's like whatever. But uh, you know, my neighbor who uh, overflowed my can that one time, <laughs> he had people over. Wow, wow, uh, talk talk about a. A callback? A turn of phrase, that is. Remember that dude who filled up my can? He overflowed my, he my, overflowed my recycling it. can. Ah, your recycling can. Yes. It's not your, it's not your sweet can. Sweet can. Jared, you're, you're, you're watching too much Simpsons. You're getting uh, innuendos, mm-hmm. innuendos. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to stop with that. Well, you um, know, RJ, there are rub downs, and then there are rub downs. I'm aware. Aware. But yeah, so there's a bit of like this moment of like, what are you people doing? Oh right, you don't yeah. you don't live in Creepsville Central. Yeah, but, you live abroad. But as you pointed out, we drive around, and even here where we do have lockdowns, there's still 800 people in Costco, <laughs> you, you and to, you're just like, okay, right. uh, yeah, there was like 
a, a group of six people who walked into the store uh, and were like, "Look, they're shopping for magic cards." Oh, like, sure. And they didn't have any particular thing. They're like, "Ah, I'm just looking for some red elementals." And you go, "Do, do you know how many of those there are? Do, do you have a list? No, no. This is only through when- binders for like an hour. It's like." But this, just email us and we'll get it together for you, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, but that's not how they like to do it. They say, "Let me just have a look." What? 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 Do you, you don't want my business here? You don't want me looking through your binders? Oh yeah. Your... Well, I mean, there's the, and there is still uh, a couple people who come in without masks, and uh, mm-hmm. even though it's like mandatory in you our, tell them uh, to get fucked. No, because I don't feel like it's my place. Yeah. I can like. What, I mean, I don't know. It's not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the cops, RJ. Well, that's what I've always said. It's like these, these lockdowns. Like, I follow it, but the people who don't follow it, they're gonna go out there, and it's like, and then what do you expect? Like this, this person who works in retail, like usually like a teenager or like a like or like a guy like you, you know? It's like, what do you want them to like uphold this law to every person? It's like that's too much to ask of these everyday folk. I think at least I I wouldn't want to fit. Like a fifteen-year-old girl to have to stand up to a bunch of shitty people not wearing masks. Let's let's find out more about Jared Berger's. Oh, what's he doing? Skiing in RJ. We we kind of missed Colorado. Yeah, he's so he's considering that you guys are near Calgary and RJ has some Colorado experience. Uh I imagine you guys might have some opinions on the sport or favorite locations of skiing. Any interesting experiences? I hate to disappoint Jared Berger, real guy, but Jared Jared doesn't do sport of any kind, right? Is that where people catch balls? Yeah, it's uh, or throw can, balls. Can you explain what you mean by catch balls? Catching balls. I don't know. Okay. That's, that's what I understand. That's what I've seen. Men throwing yeah. and catching balls. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, there's something like that. Uh, I, mean, I, think, yeah, I think I think women do it too. Uh, I think they're allowed to now. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're allowed to. Right. Um, well, yeah, Jared's not a big ski boy. Uh, I, 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 I am not a ski fan. Yeah. I, I, I can, I've got only one story to, to tell of my ski oh, experience. Tell it's, the tale. It takes all, all the way back to junior high. Wow. And go, going on a, a ski trip thinking, oh man, skiing is going to be so cool and different, but no, wow. it's like painful. Like my your your ankles are hurt and you I fell over a lot and it's fucking cold and I'm like this sucks and I just went back to the you know whatever to the lounge and had hot chocolate and hung out there and everyone else was skiing and being cold and I was like oh, I'm going to be here indoors <laughs> in the sh- in the fair. in the chalet that's your constitutional right Jarrett mm mm-hmm. mhm is what some people say. Uh, yeah, I uh, I hate to disappoint him too, but I am not a ski boy, uh, not a big ski boy at all. I uh, I too tried in junior high. I tried snowboarding and I couldn't do it, so I just wrote it down like a uh, like a sled. Uh, and uh, a lot of the people <laughs> yeah. there, the ski and snowboard purists, uh, they didn't like that, Jarrett. Oh boy, yeah, I bet you they didn't like that. It's it's kind of like YouTube people, right? I know, but I I wasn't doing it for like for likes and subscribers i was just doing it because i literally couldn't stand on the thing it was the only way i could get down the hill yeah. uh so yeah i did live in colorado and i went on a couple trips uh but uh i was more of a lodge boy 
you know, mm-hmm. get, get the fire going, mm-hmm. get a good crack open the fridge for uh, for the rest of the guys when they get uh, guys and gals when they come back, get a good head start on things. Make sure, you know, you got to taste it. Make sure none of it went bad. You're, you're kind of like a, like, like a ski mom. Yeah, I was kind of the ski mom. And like when they got home, I was like cookies and, you know, have like some hot chocolates out and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I did know um, the guy, like the dudes I hung out with in Colorado, they were big ski guys and they would go all the time. Ski and I boys. Remember, big ski boys. Uh, and uh, I can't remember all of the names of them. But uh, if uh, Jared Berger, real guy, if he goes to a couple of them and if he reports back, I could be like, oh, I've. I've probably I might have been to that place. I just can't remember it off at the top of my head. If that oh, makes sense. We went to Aspen once. Aspen, where the beer flows like wine, Jared. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ski hole, uh, the ski hole, the ski hole was closed, but uh, <laughs> we old, got some crazy carpets. The old just, ski hole. Old ski hole is closed, so we just slid down, and that was pretty fun. I enjoyed that's, that. That's some like tobogganing. Yeah, yeah, like you know how like now they're all like the circle, the like the saucer shaped ones that yeah. you're like, Wee. those things are expensive, hey? They're like sixty bucks or something like that. What? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, are they just plastic? Uh well, they have like a coating on them. Canadian Tire. Is this like uh, again some like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation thing where he's like, Chris goes out like a, what was it? Uh, the Crisco? Yeah, he Crisco's it. Yeah. Okay, wait. I'll try to find it. I, I don't... I didn't buy one of these for like 60. Okay, you can get one for six bucks, but uh, okay. <laughs> the good the good ones are like $60. The good ones. The ones that won't crack. The ones that don't crack, and you you, you fly on those sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. So, sorry to disappoint, Jared. We're, we're just a couple of uh, homebodies. That... Well, but... I... I, I, I have done, like, I there's lots of other, like, sports stuff that I do. No. I just, I'm not a ski boy. You're not a big ski boy. Just not a big ski boy. To appease yeah. Aaron, what movies have your favorite skiing scenes? <laughs> Ones I can recall come from Inception, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, along with the other Bond films. Excited for those Winter Olympics, or Winter Olympic films in, like, 10 years? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I actually like watching the Winter Olympics. I mean, I like watching the summer ones too. Like, I do like sports. I watch sports. I like the winter sports too. I just, I don't, I'm not very good at them. Hey, Jared, where was Inception's uh, skiing things filmed? Uh, I don't know. Kananaskis. That seems to be like, that's Christopher Nolan's uh, like favorite spot? little place. Yeah. yeah, it was close to Calgary, I, I believe. Yeah. Somewhere around that area. Somewhere in the, the, the Rockies. The Rockies. Uh, I I just have one recommendation. Is it's the movie Out Cold, starring Jeremy London, Zach Galifianakis, Lee Majors, Jarrett Lee Majors. Lee that entire Majors. movie, ski and snowboarding movie, and it's uh, it's what you got to do, my okay. man. Yeah. Well, I'm looking up. Someone has here the. Sw- oh, this is. Mm, I don't want this one. This has got hockey, skating, and skiing. What is that? I want I want the list to ski or not to ski. That is the question. A definitive listing of skiing movies. What about snowboarding? Well, we we've all seen Better Off Dead, right? Um, what? With uh, all John Cusack. Better Off Dead. Better Off Dead. I don't think I've ever seen this thing. Uh, down Future Creep, uh, Downhill Racer. Nope. Everyone loves that one. Michael Ritchie. Nope. Uh, well, remember Ski Troop Attack, directed by Roger Corman? 
Uh, I do remember that one. Actually, so my favorite would be Frozen, where skiers get stuck on the uh, the lift, and oh, then they fall okay. to their death and get eaten by wolves. That's my favorite skiing movie. That one's okay. And one of the all-time worst movies I've ever seen in theater was also a skiing movie. And I completely would have not remembered this. Extreme Ops. Hmm. Is that good? Was it good? You said it was one of the worst, but was it good? Oh, it was good, RJ. Check it out. Okay. How about Hot Tub Time, Time Machine? Machine? That's a skiing movie. That was filmed close to us, too. Hey, you know my brother-in-law is an extra in that movie. Holy shit. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He's in the back somewhere. Ooh. What about ski porn? Ch- Chalet Girl. What? Chalet Girl. That's a movie. That's like so you, we're chalet boys, RJ. What's a chalet? Oh, chalet. chalet. Not Swiss chalet? Well. What is a Swiss chalet? It's the chalet. What kind? It's, it's like a house, cottage thing. In, oh. the, in, the, in, the, in the Alps. The Swiss Alps. Sw- <laughs> I, I don't follow. Oh, RJ. I, I don't follow. On, what about man. Cool Runnings? That's a bobsled movie. Does that count? How about The Man Who Skied Down Everest? I don't know that How one. How about Ski Movie? Ski School. Ski School 2. I don't know that one. Um, yeah, there's ski porn. That's pretty, Winter Break. That's got breasts on What about cover. Charade, the Criterion film? Jim Carrey and Alan Thicke in Copper Mountain. Copper Mountain? Copper Mountain. That's a ski film? Yep. How come I've never seen it? Um, I don't know. I thought you were a Jim Carrey fan. That's what I'm saying. Two friends travel to a ski resort with one looking to hit the slopes while the other spends time trying to pick up women. Ooh. What was this called? Copper Mountain. I might give this a watch next year. It's too late now. We're past Christmas. No well, more still, winter stuff. No, it is winter. No, we're past Christmas. Mm. That's how that works. Oh, God, this guy's directed more than one ski movie. More than one ski movie? Fucking, and a, like, I think it's a, is this a snowboard movie? Shred? Yeah. Looks like a snowboard movie. Hell yeah. With And a snorkel movie? Revenge? Pro snowboarder. Holy, this guy definitely knows snow. Ooh, I like this one. The Jeff Wincott, The Killing Machine. Ooh. Heart, I like the poster for he, Thunderground. Well, let, me, let, me, let me the tagline for the Killing Machine. He's dead on target. Harlan Garrett loses his memory and finds himself closed in a facility claimed to belong to the state security services. The manager of this place tells Garrett he used to be a killer for the mob, but Garrett, Garrett. and they keep spelling Garrett differently. Okay. Um, Garrett. Hey, you know what? I have an issue with that. That movie's called The Killing Machine, but the poster says The Killing Man. What's that about? Um, you know, that's the Oh fuck, this has got Michael Ironside. And Michael Ironside will be in anything though. You know. Every man's got a price. Yeah, his isn't much. No. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um <laughs> So, yeah, are you excited for watching Winter Olympic films in 10 years and documentary, RJ? Yes. We can learn all I'm, about the Calgary Olympics from 88. I mean, friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, uh, knows about that. He, uh, I don't want to say too much about where he lives, but he lives near it, where it happened, in the in the 80s. In the 80s? He lives back then? 
Yeah, he lives in 88. Well, that's why he's such a fan of Videodrome. Yeah, he lives Because he's only five years removed from it. Yeah. 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 And playing Nintendo games. Nintendo. I want to hear more about your Nintendos later. Oh, you'll hear about it. Okay. Scott Bailey. Ooh, baby. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. So I'm going to have a few questions for you guys tonight. Don't know Uh how. Don't know how yet. Uh, What does he mean? He doesn't know how he's going to ask us yet, or he doesn't know how it's going to go yet. <laughs> I've been playing okay. GTA Five online these last couple days because my boss gave me the week off. So I'm playing and listening to some teens and laughing historically at their insults. First one was, you're the reasons the abortion clinics are made. Wow. Who this, said that? Um, it burned from Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, okay. The second one is, I'm tougher than you because I play tackle football. My first question for you guys is, what are some of your favorite insults in a movie or real life? Uh, I heard one that I thought was super funny for the first time a couple weeks ago. Uh, a couple guys that I work with, we were appropriately distanced and all that. But uh, they were making fun of one guy. And someone someone said something about his ass. And the other guy went... Can you believe he shits with that thing? And I thought that was really funny, Jarrett. It's pretty good. I don't nothing I can top that with. No. You can't top that? No. My favorite as always to reply to people is uh, you know, been called worse by better men, but no. that's not an original who is I think a president said that at one point, but mm-hmm. Can you believe he shits with that thing? My next and- questions are do you guys stay up for the new year? And what do you guys like to eat if you do? What do you guys do to stay awake? Uh, RJ, I mean, as a man who goes to bed at like 10, what do you do to stay up? Uh, well, during during this time, I am usually, uh, my rhythm is a little bit off where I'm not on such a strict sleepy time uh, schedule, Jared. So uh, I'm usually up. And uh, how do I stay awake? Drinking probably hmm. and uh possibly also doing something like movies or uh you yeah. know games or something like that yeah. i'm not sitting idle i'll tell you that much mm-hmm. but uh we used to like actually go out and do stuff but i think the last two years it was like i can't remember two years ago i think it was when it was minus 40 and we were just like fuck it we're not going out to, going out and we're not gonna be doing it this year either so um, you know? I mean, I usually find that New Year's passes without me noticing. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, it was midnight already. And it's mm. like, oh, well, <laughs> then you move along. Um, what, what, do you, what, do, what do you eat, RJ? I mean, I usually eat whatever I can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, last year we got Chinese food for yep. New Year's. Uh, tomorrow we are going to be making ribs. Ooh, some ribs for the boys. If you know what I mean. You mean you? Yeah, for di- for this boy. That that boy. This boy. I'm that boy, Jarrett. What about you, Jarrett? What are you eating for the New Year's? Uh, this New Year's will be a Middle Eastern dish. What kind? We're going to find out. Tell me more. <laughs> I'll, I'll report back. I'll report okay. back. How's All right. How does that sound? There'll be chicken involved. Uh, tabbouleh? 
No, uh, I don't think no. Falafel? No. Falafel. Okay. Let me guess. Pizza. Pizza. Yeah. Middle Eastern Got pizza. Got it. Hammered it. Terrific. You, you did her. Nailed it. What else uh, is Scott Bailey saying? Well, or is that, or is that all she wrote? So. Uh, let's see here. My so that's that. Uh, how do you stay awake? I just I go to bed at three in the morning, really. So I usually I, right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty easy to do. I have to make myself go to bed because I often have to do something at like eight thirty or nine in the morning. So that's a hmm. bummer. Uh, what do you got to do at eight thirty or nine in the morning? Uh, deal with flooded, damaged stuff. So that's what that that's come up still. One day can, it will not be an issue anymore, and that'll be great. You could choose not to. That's true. Just, just not you know be. I mean? Just not be there. Yeah, you could. Just don't. Just don't. Just give up. Just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, my last question is: Besides collecting movies, what other things do you guys collect? If there is anything. What do you collect, Jarrett? What don't I collect? I, I apparently I yeah, collect tell us. paint, miniature paint. I collect uh, miniatures. I collect comic books, and uh, uh, hmm. why do you collect so much paint, Jared? Because you, you never, you always want to have a little bit of different colors. Sometimes it's like easier to work with a color right out of a pot than having to mix it every time from scratch. Why Makes sense, just... right? I don't know. It's fun. There's so many colors, Rarji, under the rainbow. What else do you got in uh, that collection of yours? Comic um, books? Got comic books. Gra- Real books? Graphic novels. Funny books? Uh, you have a collection of men's underpants, do you not? The, just the ones that I use. Yeah, but you collect them, right? I use them. What do you mean by use? I mean, I I don them until until they fall apart, until the day they need to be replaced, and then I move on to the next one. And the the, the old ones they get discarded. RJ, you would do that, wouldn't you? You would just throw it away after yes. it, it yeah. gave its whole life to you. Yeah, you I hundred percent would, would. Yeah, I would definitely just maybe out of spite, I would even like do extra damage to them and really tear them in half so no one else can use them. It's just, I, I mean, I like, I feel like that's you in a nutshell. Like, mm-hmm. look at this relationship. It's, that it's, you and it's, me it's, are it's in. like taking your old credit card and just like cutting up with scissors. You gotta do that with your underwear too. I have every, uh, every old credit card ever. They're no. all stored together. Yeah. Yeah. In a safe place. Right. right. Not where I live. We gotta have something when there's the estate sale and they're gonna be like, ooh. This is this is the jackpot right here. So okay, they can rack up the dead in my name once I'm already dead. Yeah, won't be worse than what I've done all being the, alive. And all this underwear. And the underwear. Mm. Yes, that's the big. The that's the, that's the big. Uh, the big find. RJ, what do you collect? Uh, I mean, not much anymore. I used to collect video games, but I don't really anymore because space is an issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Jerry? Space. You know what I mean? I mean, I have a small movie. I think probably what I have more than anything of is books. And it's because it's the plan to read them eventually. But uh, 
I'm also kind of bad with that where I just keep buying new ones and then like Stephen King. Yes. Stephen King particularly, but other books as well. Mm -hmm. Other books as well. Uh, I have all those paperbacks from hell. I've read two of them. So, I mean, it's not what a, what a transition that is. Why? Our friend from Lithuania, RJ. George Hofschmeiner? He's written in. What's he doing? Writing an email to us. Oh. An email entitled, Books are for Collecting, Not Reading. See? There you go. I didn't a, know that. What a throw. What a throw. Hey, guys. Mm-hmm. Hope you had a good Christmas. It's been a while, but with COVID getting rid of my regular commute, I've been having a harder time finding the time to listen to podcasts. And with all these three-plus-hour episodes, I was falling behind. But I'm up to date now, so all is good. Indeed it is. <laughs> It's, wow. it, I I do love the uh, the catch up because it, it takes time. If, if you if you fall behind, it gets harder and harder. Well, when you're putting out fucking five hour podcasts <laughs> once a week, it's tough to keep up with that. I don't even know how it happens. I don't know. Well, this is how it happens. What we're this, doing right, right now. What we're doing right now. This is true. This is true. Hope. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's been a while. But Hitchcocktober was a mild success. When watching Ooh. a few of Big Al's movies after each other, it becomes a little too obvious that he touches a lot of the same things in his movies, and it gets stale quickly. But Dutch December was very nice, and I logged some movies with single-digit views and even did my part and added shows to the database. What? This guy can add shows to the database? Yeah, he added the shows. What about that movie you promised to make last week? What was it called? Action Dad? How come you haven't made that yet? That, oh, that movie I definitely making. Yeah, why don't you well, make me action dad? Do you want to be action dad? I'd love to be action dad if you write it. Although I, I don't Oof. do nudity. You don't. And you don't want me to do that, RJ. I don't do sex scenes or anything Ooh, sexual. Sorry. Well, that's that comes with the territory of being an action dad. Uh, I don't know. Mel Gibson's never done that in his action dad movies. Oh yeah, he has. Yeah, but that's romance. It's different. That's true. It is romance. But he's just doing a little Yeah, smoochy. but see, that's that, he has that liberty because he's he's a celebrity. People will like pay to just see him. You're you're an RJ. I'm a celebrity. You are a co-host of a global phenom podcast. Exactly. However, that is very different from being a celebrity. I am, as you said, part of a podcast that is listened to around the world. We have around the uh, world. Around the world, we have a particular uh, kind of frequency in Ohio, and uh, I think there was one week where uh, we were number one in Hong Kong. So uh, don't underestimate. Don't forget Guatemala. Guatemala. So don't underestimate my my celebrity. Okay. Um, top of the top. Around the world. That was also like something that's on a menu um, from a sex worker. I around the world? What yeah. does that mean? Let's start January, says George Holschneimer. Oh. Last, last week, you were talking about books you didn't read, and it got me wondering if you guys ever dabbled in movie-related coffee table books. <laughs> oh, boy. The kinds you buy because they look nice and you can show people, but hardly ever read yourself. I don't know how well-known they are on your side of the Atlantic Ocean, but I own quite uh, some books by Tashin. Oh, yeah, buddy, we know about Tashin. Uh, the Tati and Kubrick ones are my favorite. Great for filling your bookshelves. Have a good one, George. Yeah, you know about that Tashin, RJ? 
Uh, yeah. There, uh, One of my faves. So there's like the two art book, like kind of like the ones you find in most bookstores. There's Tashin and Fiden, P H A I D O N. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, yeah, and they do like these really nicely produced art books at fairly reasonable prices. Okay. They keep them under a hundred bucks, and they do various sizes. Uh, they do like tiny little versions, but it's, and it mm-hmm. really is just to display the art. And they sometimes have nice little uh, semi-scholarly uh, essays to accompany these things. They're well edited, well put together books. I a friend of mine has a copy of. Uh, I think it's Tashin. They did an entire book on magic, like visual culture of magic from like, I don't know, his, all of history, like any sort of run ads and stuff like that. And this book is like, you know, the size of a man. It's gigantic. It's you, the size of a what, of a, of a man, a small man perhaps, but it's like gigantic. You have to lay it flat on your bed to look at this thing. Mm. It's very impractical, but looks really cool. I think when it came out, it was like 150 bucks or 300 bucks. I can only imagine it's maybe mm. out of print now. And it's worth even more than that. But really cool. I think they've done smaller versions of it. But what's the point of that when you can show off like you know wrinkled up papers, like high quality scans of um, you know physical objects? I don't know. I I am a fan of these coffee table books myself. But mm. yes, you get them, and you're like, absolutely, I love it. It's like a book on architecture, one of, uh, I believe, Jackson's favorite things, if I recall from a recent review of his. Uh, <laughs> Wait, which review? I don't know if I saw that. Oh, I don't know. This is this is a few weeks ago. Okay. It, it'll, I'm sure that that'll maybe prompt a, an email from our errant friend. Okay. So anyway, yeah, those books are really cool. And I've got some. I've got ones on movies. I've got RJ's seen some of them. Yeah, you have uh, you have some cool movie ones, like movie themed ones, where it's like this, this like genre or this director or like something like that. You have you have a couple pretty neat ones. Yeah, I, I've got books for collecting, but not reading. Well, isn't that what it's all about? That's what it's all about when you're the doing o- when we are a Criterion boy. That's true. Yeah. The only one I have is Paperbacks from Hell. And uh, I'd say that I would read that one day, but I probably won't. It's very, but it's, cool to, it's a very easy read. Cool to flip through. Yep. Yeah. So there, we got that going for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get those sweet production stills when they're movie ones. Ooh. Wow. I don't know if I've seen the production. So I, I have, like, went through it a bit, but uh, I haven't done, like, a deep dive into it. Yeah, one of the – yeah, I've got, like, books on – you know, matte paintings <laughs> and oh, uh, Maurice Noble, the background artist of uh, Looney Tunes stuff. Maurice Yanko War? I beg your pardon? Maurice Yanko War? Yakawar? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. So tell me about matte paintings. Matte paintings? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're amazing. They look so cool. Like <laughs> the ones in Blade Runner? Yes. Like pretty cool. What about the ones in King of Kings? Justin Peterson. Okay. Right. Creeping into a new year. Ooh. Hey, Jared and RJ. What's happening? Want to wish you guys a happy new year heading into 2021. What are some of your most noteworthy letterbox stats from last year? I currently have 460 movies logged. Andy Serkis and Ian McKellen were my top wash actors. 
John Hughes and Martin Scorsese were my top directors. My most watched studio was Universal Pictures. And finally, my most obscure movie watched this year was Capes. What a surprise. Ooh, I think that's my most popular film watched this year. <laughs> but that's just me. Let's take a little gander here. Stats for 2020. Do you have access to your stats still? Yeah, I've got, I'm pro. Yeah, I went back pro. Oh, you went back. You never yeah. told me. What was what was the what? Uh, I don't know. What was the reason for that? I don't know. You like stats? I like I like the stats. I can't remember when I did it. I think I was like I noticed that there was a couple bucks in my PayPal. I went, oh, I guess I'll do the letterbox thing again. Again. I well, apparently I've watched only three hundred and fifty four this year. With uh, less than a day and a half to go, I will not be breaking the one day average that I far yeah. surpassed the last several years, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Yep. I, on average, it's 29 and a half movies a month, and a lot of that is completely because of October. Yeah, I think I have some uh, inflated stats because of uh, October and Cormay as well. Um, I've only ever wa- I've only watched 13 films on a th- on Thursdays this entire year. Mm. Just oh, cause, well, that's because you work on Thursdays, right? Yep. Right. That's a big chunk right there. Uh, I never watched any one movie more than twice this year, including Videodrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, most watched genre horror. Most watched country USA. Most watched language English. What's up with that, you bigot? You don't want to watch other other languages? I get enough of it week to week here on this podcast. 20, oh, okay. 28% of my viewing this year was rewatches, though. I think that's a big that's a big really? uptick. Yeah. Hmm. But, uh, my biggest star that I've watched, Dick Miller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Roger, Roger Corman, followed by Igmar Bergman. And then Jean Renoir tied with Robert Altman, mm. man, man, and, and man. Paul Cassavetes. And well, he's only at five. Oh, okay. Yeah, same. 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 I'm pretty similar. I got uh, I got 376. This is the first time I've ever cracked over 365. Holy smokies! Which I believe is partial to coronavirus. Yep. I'm gonna give. Uh, I'll give the props to uh, COVID on that one because uh, without without COVID, I just don't think I would have got it. You know. Mm-hmm. You know. The f- I got? The, uh, the film I watched with the lowest average rating was uh-huh. Snuff, and that was gar- mm. That that is indeed garbage. And uh, yeah, that's about it for me. I'm pretty similar to you. I, I got Dick Miller as well, with yeah. Vincent Price coming in second. Okay. Pretty neat. And then uh, Roger Corman, and then I got Altman and Bergman, both tied for eight films. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my most obscure movie this or film this year was not Capes. It was a short called Stolen about missing Indigenous women. There you go. Only seven people have seen it. So more people have watched Capes. That is unfortunate. That's unfortunate. My lowest, the lowest average film I watched this year. Veronica. Because, Dan. you know. Because, yeah. Because of Danzig. Mm-hmm. Danzig. Goat movie question of the week. So yeah. after watching that new groovy Pixar movie, Soul, I was curious how many Pixar movies you have seen and which ones are your favorites? 
Yikes. Yeah, I mean, I have completely stopped paying attention to Pixar, and I don't know if there's any particular reason why that is. I'm looking at Justin Peterson supplied his list. His number one's Ratatouille. Um, okay. Let me look at this list. I'm going to order it by earliest film. Fuck. Is there 24? The, so the last one I watched was holy shit really toy story 3 yeah you're kind of a fat dude though that's the last one i watched and that's 2010 so 10 years ago i haven't watched Mm. any of the last one two three 13 there's been 13 fucking pixar movies since toy story 3 how many total are is there 24 i think so okay and that yeah that's i don't think there's any shorts in there no that's just straight up Maybe 23 or 24, yeah. Okay. Ooh. I, I think your favorite is Onward, isn't it? The one with the trolls or whatever that... Wasn't that the one from last year? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, or the beginning of COVID? Oh, yeah, because that wasn't that the big thing? Was that that yeah. movie just came out and then they... Mm-hmm. And then now everyone's like, all oh, movies are on mine. And it's like, yeah, because they probably should be. Would it How be? Um, I mean, could I, I'm going to be unfair because I haven't yeah. watched the like a, a Pixar movie for ten years. Is there a difference between them and any other studio making animated movies for like, fa- uh, like family animated movies? Like, is, is there something that differentiates them that much? You know, I always thought DreamWorks movies were just as good as Pixar movies, but people like didn't agree with that. I always thought like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, How to Train Your Dragon. I was like, those are just as good as any Pixar movie. Kung Fu Panda? Why not? Why not? I think it's just like, I think there's that false thing where it's like, um, like Pixar does have movies that I think have like emotional stuff into it. So like people kind of like, uh, I don't know. They're like, it's really for adults, man. It's like, I feel like a lot of those are though, you know? Right. Even Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I think that's got like some adult themes in there. Well, I've only seen eight. <laughs> okay. I got 14. So okay. I got you beat. You got me Andrea, beat. Andrea watched Soul this week, and she she told me what happens in the movie, so I can speak to it. Okay. Having not seen it. Well, that's the only that's the best way to experience movies. Uh huh. So tell me what your favorite is, and then because uh, I've seen more, I'll go. Well, last. it's it is funny. Uh, it seems like uh, uh, Justin and I have d- different tastes in our Pixar movies. Because not like, a Ratatouille. Um, well, not opposite, but I mean, I would definitely. Like, I don't remember a fucking thing about Finding Nemo. Bugs Life is definitely weak st- sauce. It's uh, it's okay. It's, it's okay. But, uh, I mean, I think Up and Wally are both pretty good. They both have things in it that, I mean, particularly Wally, the uh, yep. the the human beings being, like, mm-hmm. floating mojos. I think that image of, like, their X-ray has stuck yeah. with me uh, very strongly. I think Wally's... Mm-hmm. Pretty good, and Up is a very sweet movie, and uh, Ratatouille is yep. okay, and it's also got the. I, I guess like that's the one thing. Most of these movies have like a pretty good like emotional kernel moment that they like do. is really good. Like Ratatouille, where it's like the old crusty critic who is like, mm-hmm. "All I ever wanted was to ever taste that flavor again." Mm-hmm. So it's that's like it's got those little it's got those little things. Um, yeah, but yeah. I that. I have no impulse to really watch a lot of these again. And then, yeah, I mean, the Toy Story movies, they're good. I 
I haven't seen Toy Story 4. I haven't either. No, I haven't seen that at all. Finding Nemo, I don't remember anything. So you're not a Finding Dory fan either then, probably? I guess not. I guess okay. not. And I think you're, uh, you, you're, uh, not a, you're not being a fan of Inside Out. And I and I never and mm. I and I never yeah I remember you you had a lot of issues with that but yeah mm-hmm. Incredibles I've never watched I have owned that Incredibles is good I've owned that on DVD for like I don't know probably thirteen years I've never watched it yeah uh, and I'm never going to watch Cars and you know that's about it that's all I what got about to... the Good Dinosaur are you going to watch that the what now the Good Dinosaur um well that's a Pixar film. Was that one from five years ago? Five years ago. Little arms with big attitude. That's what they say about you. (laughs) Little little T-Rex arms. Yeah. So I have an issue, too. It seems like one of the most popular reviews of Soul on Letterboxd is uh, um, that joke where it's like talking about each one. It's like, what if robots had feelings or souls? What if toys had souls? What if fish had souls? And then what if souls had souls or like feelings and feelings and stuff like that? And it's like, that's not original, man. Someone tweeted that like eight years ago and it's, it's got like 4,000 likes on letterbox. Well, they should you know, shame that person. Shame them. Shame them. So let's take a look at the DreamWorks list. Okay. Wait, so, I got to tell you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know no one cares, RJ. Oh yeah. That's fine. No, go ahead. Good dinosaur. Uh, Monsters Inc. It's the best one. Right. It is, of course. No, I, I, no, I, and that's I've never seen it. Yeah, I I think uh, it's hands down the best one for many different reasons. But uh, I agree with you actually. I think Wally is very good, and I think uh, it doesn't get as much credit as it should. It it was a big deal though. Like I it remember was, when that came out, and now no one talks about it at all no because one talks about it anymore. Uh, yeah, we've, it's just because it, I, I think at the time too, it looked better than every other Pixar movie looked. Yeah, like it like it really. I remember that trailer. Uh, like mm-hmm. the the landscape, and then the little Wally comes over the hill. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wally's Wally's really good. Yeah. Um, Toy Stories and Nemo and The Incredibles. I watched those all when I was like kid, yep. a kid, basically. The Incredibles came out when I was like thirteen or fourteen, so that one still counts. But I I like them all because I was the right age for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coco was fine. I liked Coco. Inside Out I think is shit, and I'm not gonna talk about it. Because we're already four hours in, but I I, uh, I do not like that movie, and I don't get why people like it. Uh, and then Soul. So Andrea explained it to me, and it sounds good. It sounds like I think I would like it more than Inside Out because I think they take it's. It sounds very similar, but I think that it does kind of fix the problem that Inside Out has a little bit. But uh, so I mean, Soul sounds good, but if Andrea already watched it, I probably won't watch it on my own. So I would have watched it with her, but mm-hmm. you know. I think I was podcasting when she watched it last week or something like that. Anyways, but yeah, Inside Out sucks. Okay. It's my takeaway. Okay. And uh, A Bug's Life isn't too bad, but Ants is superior, I guess. <sighs> they both kind of were nothing to me. Yeah. You so know, what do you got on the DreamWorks. Well, uh, uh, there's like 33 of them. Okay. Let's take a look here. Well, I mean, so, so the, the one I've heard, the yeah, obviously, we all, Shrek is the Toy Story. For yeah. DreamWorks, mm-hmm. and then the Prince of Egypt is that? Oh yeah, is that Prince is, is, is that is that's not a, that's not a three D movie though. No, no, that's animated, my man. Well, I'm looking at a list, a list called DreamWorks, and that's on here, so I, but that doesn't make sense. But maybe it was DreamWorks, but you know, they, before they transitioned completely to uh, an Eldorado, 
That's also animated. Or it's also 2D animated. And Spirit, the in movie about indigenous yeah, horses, what? isn't that also animated? I, I, I don't know. Indigenous horses, huh? Okay, so one, oh, so one, 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 one movie that uh-huh. uh, I've heard pretty good things about that I've never seen is How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, that movie's good, dude. Yeah, that movie's really good. See, I've heard that, but again, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know about the sequels. I'm going to assume fuck, there's that two, the sequels. There's, there's two sequels, great. and there's a TV show to it as well. What the fuck? The, yeah. the Crudes. Oh, I think I remember hearing people poo. Oh, fuck. Yeah, okay, I saw like minutes of B movie, and that is that's bad. that one's a joke, though. You know, Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, when because like Chicken Run, that shouldn't be in here either, right? That's stop motion, isn't it? And Wallace Cap- and Gromit and Cap- stuff. Captain Underpants. Yeah, here, here's Kung here's Fu the DreamWorks. You should be looking at your Shrek, obviously. Boss Baby. Kung- what about Boss Baby? Not Boss Baby, but How to Train a Dragon <laughs> and Kung Fu Panda are are pretty good. And where's Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? Is that not DreamWorks? I was pretty confident no. it was. No, 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 no. That's something no. else. That is. Uh, wasn't that Sony? That's like. Fuck! This... I'll I'll look into that. You can keep. Or is that Sony? List. I don't know how that fucking works. I'll I'll look into the it. Rise of the Guardians. The, okay, so my my thing here is uh, Kung Fu Panda and How to Train a Dragon. What Those are fuck? good shows. Rise of the Guardians is directed by is the guy directed Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Uh yeah, that's that movie about all the like or one uh, of the guys. I don't know. I don't know how. Is that about the Easter Bunny and Santa and stuff? It's like yeah. all the peoples yes correct like i I think it's like so years ago um before him being outed as like a real creepo predator john crick felusi uh john k oh yeah sure i know that guy uh creator john crick felusi or am i thinking is is that yeah yeah the creator of ren stimpy so he did a blog and he like talked about animation and like how great 1950s, like 40s, like Looney Tunes and cartoons were, and how like just like how you could appreciate like great staging and great like, sure. keyframing and stuff like that. And you watch that stuff, oh, yeah, and then, 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 of course you do. And like, <laughs> and then you look at like modern animation and just how fucking awful it all is. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to like, especially the DreamWorks stuff. It looks like crap. Like I'm, gotcha. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a, a frame right now of How to Train Your Dragon. Like it's the, like it's the letterboxed like header, and that mm-hmm. looks f- like crap. It looks like the faces are See so dirty. It's so derpy looking, and I'm like, fuck. See that's that. that's what DreamWorks looks like. So like at least with the Pixar dudes, like a lot of them are like classically trained animators and I, actually speaking of going back to the art books thing and like the tabletop or tabletop books uh t- coffee table books you mm. look at the art of these books and they're so much better than the movies i think there was like even people saying that the art of like the trolls movie that came mm. out it's like the movie don't watch the movie you buy the art the making of art or the art of tr- the trolls thing and you're like this is gorgeous and like it's like the inside out like you look at the actual drawings you go why doesn't it look like this like if it looked like this it would be interesting and exciting instead it's always like so polished down and everything looks the same that's ultimately my problem with a lot of this stuff is i just don't like really go for the way these things look but i mean i'm fine with the paranormal stuff like the um like a 
stuff. I think that stuff looks really good. But that's also a little bit more. That's like the stop motion thing. That's the stop motion stuff. Yeah, that's more yeah. my preference. And I, and I and I do like their. I mean, a lot of these have, have like sort of like the same kind of at the end of the day wholesome stories that tug at the yeah. heartstrings. Like they have like a formula, and that's fine. But so, yeah, I, I mean, so anyway. I feel like you've come full circle from starting as being like, well, is Pixar that good? And then you're like looking at DreamWorks movies. You're like, well, maybe Pixar is that good. Well, no, but I'd say that like there's there's like a core talent to why they're they look why they good. stand out. But so what's the what's the fucking one with like the animal crime one that came out? I, uh, that, Zootopia. Zootopia is see like, that's a Disney. Zoo, but there's no but there's no difference. There's this, yeah, there like, is. No there, there's no difference between this stuff. Like. Yeah. But that, like, I really didn't like that at all. And it's all, like, just because, like, the, the core mechanics are there of, like, animation. Yeah. But it's kind of like the difference between, like, watching like, a Disney cartoon in the 80s and, like, a like a Don Bluth. Like, oh, yeah. they're, they're, like, very well designed. But at the same time, you know there was a difference. Like, you could look at a Disney cartoon and go, this looks a little bit better. But there was, like, that experimental phase where this stuff had, like, a – like, you look at, like, 101 Dalmatians and it's got a different look to it. Then, then everything. There's like that '60s, '70s Disney look that is a kind of a little not polished, but it's like. But there's like it really does look great. Yeah, I don't. Know. I do. I do follow you. Yeah. And so I, I checked out this. I, I know what you mean, and because I'm noticing it now too. I'm looking at the Sony picture, Sony animated, and like there's a lot of junk in there too. But, but there is also Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Into the Spider Verse. But the common factor there would be Phil Lord. Right. And that's right. Involved in both. And so, yeah. like, you know, I think he was the uh, the main thing there. And he did the Lego movie as well, which I, I remember liking the Lego movie. But I feel like if I watch it again now, who I don't know if I'd like put, it that much. Who put out Monster House? Is that Sony? Ooh, Monster House is a good fucking movie. Yeah. I, well, you know why? Because, movie. well, you know who wrote that? What? Dan Harmon, Rob Schrab, uh, Pamela Petler. Dan Harmon? Dan Harmon, yeah. Because Dan Harmon... Well, you know Rob Schrab, the creator of Scud, the disposable assassin, the the, the, the 90s indie darling that uh, I read. Uh, Amblin Entertainment, which, like, again, what's... Like, I don't understand. It's like, isn't Amblin and DreamWorks a Spielberg or... They're all offshoots. Yeah, and it's like... But that's Columbia Pictures, but doesn't Sony also own Columbia? I think so. Yeah, like, again, like, I don't understand... The splitting of hairs here, and I guess so. But I remember when I watched Monster House, and that would have been two thousand eight, I guess, mm-hmm. on DVD. And I was like blown away by how good it looked. I mean, now I, if I watch it, I'm sure like the effects don't hold up as well, or maybe they mm-hmm. do. But I remember that being like really cool. I like that one a lot. Yeah, and the other lady there too, who also wrote it, she did uh, um, Corpse Bride and like something else as well. So uh, like there's oh nine which is yeah. uh was that yeah again this is where again and see there's so much crossover that and then between that uh, with that lady but yeah Monster House is good and then when you get into Leica stuff like say Paranorman Paranorman is wicked good mm-hmm. I haven't seen Kobo but uh, me neither I have seen Coraline and I thought it was fine I've never seen Coraline it's uh, Neil Gaiman and I'm aware I'm aware I know. We know where he fits, but yeah. uh, the rest of them are good. Yeah, I don't. But hey, remember how we talked about animated stuff for like two hours? That was pretty good. It was, it was, the, an, it was the, the it was the animation special. 
Well, see, that's why. Well, but hey, we got it all out of the way right now. We talked about DreamWorks, Sony, and uh, Leica. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to add on that, Jared? No, not really. This is why our podcasts are four hours long. Yeah. Because we go off on tangents. Because exactly. uh, Justin asks the questions. Hey, we're giving the people what they want. Foodie question. Gavagool. Since RJ is such a big fan of those Gavagool Italians. <laughs> wow. That's so good. Tight. <laughs> tight. Yep. tight. tight. You couldn't write this. So <laughs> what are some of your favorite foods, favorite foods from the land of pasta? At one point, I was sick to death of eating my mom's spaghetti, but I enjoy cooking my own now with meatballs and mushrooms. And if I am an Italian, at an Italian restaurant, I will typically always order the veal or something with Italian sausage in it. Hmm. Well, you're a big, uh, big uh, sausage boy, so why don't you tell me what you're uh... – I beg your pardon? What? So- well, you said big Italian sausage, right? Yeah. So you're a big sausage boy, so am I? tell me what I, I thought. Like... Are you not? Mm-hmm. Not particularly. Okay. It's it, it's hit and miss. Uh, well, where do you fall on the pasta world? Because I know you're a health conscious guy and you only eat taco uh, time. So, like, are you a big oh, carb boy? Oh, pa- the pasta? Pa- pa- pasta's pretty fucking good. Okay. It's all about hitting that, like, right balance of cheese and a nice sauce. They call that the pea spot, the pasta spot. I see. This, see what I mean? The pea spot. What? You gotta be able to hit that with some pepper, some some parm. You get some parm on there. Where where do you fall in the parm thing? Do you do? Uh, are you always like the shaker parm, or are you a real parm both. guy? Because I know both. Yeah, some different occasions call for different ones, right? Or both. Or both. Damn, this dude's freaky as hell. <laughs> Man, parm parm. We have both, but yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, hitting that like I've nothing probably satisfies because like pasta is super easy to do, really. Mm-hmm. But if you get the right combination going, you get a nice like either you know tomato sauce going or yeah cream sauce. Yeah, it's it's one of the most satisfying things you can have, I think. But it's also again carbs. Carbs. You are Jay. I know you're. Uh, I, I know you're. You love that uh, land of pasta food. I'm a big pasta boy. I I love making it. Uh, and I don't know, like I, I'm kind of a basic bitch where I really just like Alfredo. Yeah. Like I just like what, and it, it could be whatever pasta too. You could do penne, you could do fettuccine. Fuck. It doesn't matter. You put Alfredo on stuff like tortellinis. Uh, the one that I make uh, at home that I would say is like, and it's really, it's like not like difficult at all, but I mix, uh, carbonara quite a bit. And that's just, it's just eggs and parm. But uh, I like that one too because it's it's nice and it's simple, but it's got it's got texture, it's got layers to it, Jared. It seems like a more complicated dish than it is. You know what I mean? Texture, texture. Uh, a good lasagna goes a long way. Um, I don't know. I also like pasta salad a lot, which I don't know if that's Italian or maybe that's Greek. Hmm. You know, like cold pasta salad. That's probably Greek. They yeah. eat stuff cold. Yeah, that sounds about, that sounds. It's, gr- it's all the hair. Grecian. Yeah, they got to cool down with the cold pasta, something like that. Toy talk. Oh, boy. So did you guys get anything fun for Christmas this year? We have lived in our house for almost a decade now, and I finally got my wife to get us some rocking chairs for the upstairs outside porch. Also, the kids got one of those Oculus Quest 2 VR headsets, like Jordy. 
Damn, Jordy LaForge? Or, or like David Cronenberg sitting around watching, David Cronenberg? Watching, watching Deborah Harry. Is that what he was watching on that thing? And that thing is fucking awesome. Sure sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I have finally been getting a solid workout each day on the boxing game, and it even has some sweet roller coaster VR experiences you can find. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I will have to look out for your OnlyFans account on there, too. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what's, he gonna, I... what's he gonna make you do, RJ? Well, I mean, if there's a if there's a VR OnlyFans, I believe that's your territory, yeah. and uh, I think got... you re- you got to sign a waiver before you sign up for that yeah. one. Well, you know, he's got your address, so he can send you all sorts of gifts. He does have my address, but I also have your address. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you've got the OnlyFans, so it's good. Well, I mean, it's good. about time. It's about good. time. Hey, RJ, you can finally start earning. Uh, well, all good capos earn. Mm-hmm. If you can't earn. Mm-hmm. Get that gabagool out of here. Woo. Well, thanks, everyone, for all the emails. It's, yes, thank uh, you. Yeah, it's awesome. To our wonderful listeners. And, yes, a happy new year to you all. But it's not we, New Year's all, yet. But... I know, I know, but because we still have a fucking rest of the episode to get to. Hey, RJ, what you been creeping on? Uh, want me to rip through some movies real quick? Uh... Sure, my friend, sure. Yeah, I won't tell you are, too much. Are there any animated movies? No, but there's people being animated in in films. I won't talk about the sports movies very much, but I will say that uh, a first time watch for me was this movie called Glory Road about basketball. And that was pretty good, actually. I was surprised by it. I was like, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. And then uh, I rewatched Major League for the first time in many, many years. Uh, And I've seen that movie a ton, Jared, a ton. But uh, we were watching it and Andrea's like, so you know when there's the big climax when Charlie Sheen comes out and they play the Wild Thing song? Not really. So they play that, and it's going on, and then it's just still going on, and Andrew's like, they're really getting their money's worth on this, hey? And I was like, yeah, they are. They play the entire like three-and-a-half-minute song of Wild Thing. I hate that song. In this movie. Is it because of this movie that you hate that song? I just – because it's overplayed in like movies, I think. Mm. Because of Major League, probably. Uh, yeah. Or it's like, we're bad at the bone. Bad the bone's another one. But speaking of a uh, good, like, one-liners and things, Major League's got some pretty some pretty tasty ones. Some good jokes. They still hold up. Good jokes, Jarrett. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched some Ricky Gervais stuff. Those are pretty good. I hadn't seen either of those two movies. Oh. Uh, Ghost Town is better than The Invention of Lying, in case you were wondering. Okay. But they're, they're both, a- a- like... Any particular reason? Were these just... No, it's just better. No, I mean like you, that you watch them. Uh, well, no, Andrew just wanted to. It like it popped up on uh, Prime Ghost Town, and Andrew's like, I don't know if I've ever seen that. And she's a big Ricky Gervais. She Andrew likes all the stand up, right? So like okay. when she sees, and you've watched these... all of his shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the new season of that Afterlife show, but Andrew watched it. and She said it was very good, and I did like the first season of it. I thought that was pretty good. You know what movie uh, features Bad of the Bone in it? ghost town problem child oh but there's a reason for that because that kid is bad to the bone he's a problem mm-hmm. he's an outright problem child if you ask me man Jarrett. problem child's got quite a great soundtrack problem child's not a bad movie if i remember correctly talk about moon pies or something <laughs> r.i.p uh john ritter he's in problem child right and bad santa yeah he is in bad santa as well that's his last film i think also, R.I.P. Bernie Mac. He's in that as well. 
Born. Did you ever be... watch the Bernie Mac show? Um, no, I never actually did watch that show. It was pretty good. I don't know if they played Wild Thing or not, though. Don't quote me on that. What about Born to Be Wild? Uh, I think that's in Wild Hogs. Yeah, I, I bet. And, and again, another one of those songs that. Oh. So. Uh, in in the those, bin, they, those can go right into the bin. <laughs> yeah, there's a few of these movies I'd throw in the bin, but. Uh, oh, movies. <laughs> oh yeah, songs too. Songs too, right in the bin. Um, but yeah. <laughs> okay, Jacob. Jacob, what? <laughs> right in the bin there. Continue. I don't know. Did you want to hear about Ricky Gervais movies or uh, Road at all? Nah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> ta- ta- uh, so you watched Carol? I, I did. It's the first time I've seen this. Have you seen Carol before? I, I have seen Carol. Okay, so this is uh, what Todd Salons. Yes. I'm just kidding. Todd Haynes, right? No, yeah, Todd Haynes. Todd Haynes. Yeah. Uh, not, not, so, not, not the director of happiness. Not Todd Salons. Uh, so I had this on my uh, my queue for a while because I knew it was a Christmas movie. But I think I've already – I think I've said before, I'm kind of a Kate Blanchett guy, Jarrett. Uh, I, think, I think many people are Kate Blanchett people. You know what, though? I found that uh, there's a lot of hostility towards Kate Blanchett. A lot of people are like, she's not that good looking. And it's like – She's like a world famous movie star. Hmm. She's a very pretty lady. Like, yeah. what's the problem? Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. I I, I think she's a uh, I think she's what you would call a uh, re- like, re- remarkably attractive. Yes, yes. One of those uh, what is it like genuine beauties or air quotes <laughs> that uh, neckbeards would talk about? Oh, you know. God. Uh, I'm not saying uh, I would say that. I'm saying yeah. that's what those guys would say. You know, mm. she real genuine beauty. Oh. Like, uh, you could put her in 1925. Have you seen that? Have you seen that conversation on 4chan before? Or, no. Uh, <laughs> I haven't. But you can imagine it. Took I place. know. I can imagine it completely. Oh, but yes, <laughs> I think Kate Blanchett is pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, Rooney Mara is pretty cool too. Yep. Uh, so this and is they're lesbians. lesbians. <laughs> wow. Four stars. Four stars. Uh, I thought it was good. Um, there were some things to it, like I thought it's not as like uh, what's that other one? Uh, not Days of Heaven, but uh, the Julianne Moore one with the guy from Major League, uh, <laughs> the Allstate guy. What's his face? Do you know that movie? You, What's the other What's that movie we watched with him once with Julianne Moore? Far From Heaven. Far From Heaven. Yes. Far are, From Heaven. Are you talking about uh, uh, the Quaid? No, not Dennis Quaid. Uh, De- Dennis Haysbert is oh. the guy from okay uh, I, I was like i was like what are you saying i'm like oh right voiceover yeah he uh well he's in major league and he's super buff is he super... oh yeah he's ripped in that man movie, dude. I, I just know he's like the president in 24 oh you gotta see him in major league like because he's doing lots of hot ab workouts and he is incredibly buff did you did you hit your major league review with a hot hashtag of hot abs? Uh, I've I f- I forgot. Now you fuck up like this all but the time. I, I'll, I'll go back. Well, that's how I, that's what I said about takes. Takes are too complicated because you got to keep track of all of them. Well, that's your fault. That's your Why? fault. Why there's too many takes out there? No, you know? there's, there's not. Because I create too many. Takes. Yeah. Uh, Carol. Uh, Carol looks very good. It's a super pretty movie. 
it's well acted, it's well directed, but I do think it doesn't have the the jab that I think it's going for there. Uh, I think Andrea, she she thinks she p- picked out what it was, and I think it's that uh, the chemistry is not quite there between them, or something like that. Like, and she's like, they're trying to make it happen too much; it's too forced. But uh, I think Carol's good. Uh, I just think it doesn't leave quite the punch that it intended to. You know what I'm saying, Jared? Nope. But it's a very pretty movie. Looks great. Mm-hmm. And you've seen Carol, right? I have. Um, did you like it? I did. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. It looks good. But, you know. It captures sadness. Sadness eternal? Unrequited love. Ooh. Yeah, much like my next film, House of D. House of Duchovny. Yeah, written and directed by David Duchovny. What do you know about House of D, Jared? I vaguely remember when this came out because it was like David Duchovny directed it, and mm-hmm. I was kind of like, "Huh, okay, what's what is like, what's that going to be about?" And it's like Robin Williams. What man? And, you can't. And, and, you can't and, hate and Robin Williams. And, They'll and, bring our podcast down. Why? Because he's he's beloved by everyone. No, he's universally not. loved. No, he's not. His stand up. Other sucks. than you, apparently. His stand up fucking sucks. We're not talking about a stand-up. We're talking about no, his, uh, his, his acting. In House of he, I can talk shit about Ron Williams. I don't care. Oh, oh he's a nerd. Yeah. He's a nerd who played Warhammer. He's got cred. It's like, I don't give a fuck. He's not like, I don't think it's funny. I think you're the, I don't think anyone cares about the Warhammer stuff either. I never, I've never cared about that. I just think he's a kind guy. He just sh- seems like a kind person. Sure. I'm sure he was. He did. But I mean, uh, let's see here. I've, I've somehow seen 24 things with him. And, and, and I've uh, I can't say as uh, it's not surprising though, is it? I just don't care. He was in a lot of stuff. He was in a lot of things. Well, I like Robin Williams, and I am on the right side of history on that one. But what do you know about House? Of he he kind of looks like the guy that's working on the renovations of my house. Is that good or bad? Uh just an observation. You should look up Robin Williams in House of D because they gave him some prosthetic teeth to show that he was mentally challenged, quote, unquote. Uh, So you should see if that's what the guy fixing your house looks like with the (laughs) the prosthetic teeth. And there's something else like I I can't tell what they did. Like they either smoothed out his head or they wrinkled or like they did something. He just doesn't look he doesn't look like he normally looks. And it's like the teeth is one thing, but it's like what else did they do to his face to make him look like this? Oh my god! Are you seeing it? Yeah, I'm looking. Jeez. This movie's got a lot of hard R's in it, by the way. Is is, is his nose kind of got a pro, he's got a prosthetic going on? He, maybe. I think he's got. He has to. Like, there's something off with him in this, where it's just like they changed the way he looks, and you're just like, <laughs> why does he look like that? Oh. It's so bizarre. It's off-putting, right? Because you're like, that's not what Robin Williams it's, looks it's like. It's kind of like he's halfway to morphing into uh, Brian Cranston. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's Oh, is that old man makeup? Yeah, they do old him up at the end. Oh, Tom, oh God. Oh, is that David Duchovny with, like, a handlebar mustache? I It's a goatee, a handlebar. Oh, I see it. I, I see it along the bottom there. Oh, my God. The okay. flavor saver, I oh, think, is what they used to call that. Oh, boy. This, look at the paunch they strapped on him for the old mm-hmm. man scene. Yeah, it was pretty unnecessary. This RJ, what or what the okay, hell? Okay, so check this out. I... In the present, artist Tom Warshaw recalls his dramatic coming of age. As a 13 year old growing up in New York City, 1973, Tom hangs out with Pappas, a mentally disabled man. 
With Tom's mother battling depression after the death of her husband, the young boy is left to his own devices. When Tom develops a crush on a schoolmate, Melissa Pappas feels abandoned and begins behaving erratically. From 2004. They also leave out the point where uh, the other thing that the kid gets into is he goes to a woman's house of detention and uh, he befriends one of the ladies up in the the thing and uh, she becomes like a, a a guide for him. I see. So that's another level to this. Okay. Uh, young David Duchovny is played by Anton Yelchin. Mm-hmm. You remember him? Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, and then Pappas, uh, the mentally challenged man, is Robin Williams, also R.I.P. David Duchovny is still alive as far as I can tell. So far. Uh, this is one of those movies. It's not like – I wouldn't say it's up there with like uh, riding the bus with my sister mm-hmm. or like tiptoes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's – I think it, it gets kind of close at parts where you're like, whoa. Are you going to be watching I Am Sam? I've seen I Am Sam. It's get, an all-time banger. You got to rewatch it. Uh, Big Bob's Burgers is what I Am Sam is all about. Are you – you haven't seen I Am Sam, right? No. When you watch and, and it, then, watch. and then you can How's also, and then you can rewatch Radio too. When you watch those movies, I will gladly rewatch those with no. you. No, that'll be a, that'll be for the other podcast. Gladly, which other podcast? We're, we're gonna start another one just for this string of movies. <laughs> These House of D, and the podcast could be called House of D. It would be perfect. It would make complete sense. Or just like a, or a string of like all the titles. House of D, Tiptoes, Radio, Riding with, the Bus with My Sister. With Charlie. With Charlie. You know Flowers of Algernon? Uh, I've, yeah. <laughs> My nephew is in uh, grade 12, and uh, I asked him what he was doing in school. He's like, we just read Flowers of Algernon. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, how is that? He's like, it's fine. I was like, okay. Yeah. Good. And then you can watch Charlie, the movie that, that's based on that. Flower. Is that does that have Anton Yelchin in it as well? No, not the one I'm talking about. Because the one I'm talking about is like from Korean a while ago, a while. There's back. an Indian film called Charlie. A young non-conforming woman named Tessa gets entangled in a cat and mouse chase in bylays with Kerala, hunting for mysterious artists previously living in her apartment. I'm talking about 1968's Charlie. Oh. Not Charlie Varick. An intellectually disabled man undergoes an experiment that gives him the intelligence of a genius. Hmm. Hmm. I think it's like a... I'm not sure if it's still out of print. Well, you get it and you let me know, okay? All right. But yeah, House of D. So uh, it's the retelling. He's like... The movie starts and it's like a fade back, David Duchovny, and... It's just about him as a teenager being best friends with a like a forty year old Robin Williams, but then they kind of like have a squabble, and then he's also friends with this old lady who's like a, like I think they say she's a hooker, but you never really know because a she's hooker. a hooker. Yeah, she's well, and then Orlando Jones is there as a pimp, outside as well. So there's a there's a lot of layers to this trip. And then uh, the kid flees, and uh, he's got a weird relationship with his mom, played by Tia Leone, who I think was married to David Duchovny at some point. A lot of these movies, too, there was, like, actors who were popping up in, like, movie after movie we were watching, and, like, in no real fashion, like, actors in House of... Like, Tia Leone's in House of D, but then she was in Ghost Town as well. It was strange. We didn't plan that. just happened, sure. Does that say more about our movie choices, or does it say more about the state of Hollywood with uh, the recurrence of actors. You know what I mean? 
House of D is pretty wild stuff, man. Wild I, stuff. Uh, it's not like, and it's like I was saying, it's not like outright like crazy, like tiptoes are right in the bus with my sister, but there's some stuff in there. You're just like, oof, oof, baby. But uh, it's, a, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Okay. Uh, Fat Man. This is my last one. Okay. I that, won't talk the, the, too much the, about the it. most important one, arguably. Well, Fat Man with the fallen son himself, Mel Gibson. And do you know about Fat Man, Jared? I have seen the trailer. And what did you think? Um, it looked like real try-hard, empty, meaningless cinema that was mm. trading on this entire idea of like, hey, it's Mel Gibson. It's Santa. Mm. And it's like an action movie. Yeah. Yeah. On a, uh, on a farm because it's Canadian. And it has like... Oh, it is. Is it? Yeah. I think it was shot in like Toronto. In like out in the out in the country. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So Mel Gibson is uh, Santa, yeah. and uh, times are tough. Grizzled. He's very grizzled. Oh, this is how they describe him on Letterboxd: a rowdy, unorthodox Santa. Oh fuck. So there you go. You know what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, so times are tough. Uh, he has an arrangement with the uh, U.S. government where they give him a stipend every year, basically, to maintain operations. And he all he has to do is fulfill his end, where it's give the good kids presents and, and that. But kids aren't good anymore. All the kids suck because of the internet. They don't say the internet, but... I'm filling in the gaps there for you, bud. So all the kids suck. So lots of kids are getting cool now. And so the government is paying him less and less. And he's just like, man, times are tough. So he takes out a contract and uh, him and the elves start making military grade weapons at the North Pole. Uh, And then he has Christmas and there's this little, this little piece of shit kid. uh, And like, he's like a rich kid and they show you that he's bad by uh, he loses the science contest, uh, science contest, contest. That's how that word is. The science fair. He uh, he loses that, so he hires Walton Goggins, a hitman, to go kidnap the girl who does win, and he intimidates her by uh, torturing her. Jared. So you can tell this kid, he's a bad kid. Uh, and then so he gets a lump of coal. He doesn't like that, so he hires the hitman to go after Santa. Mm-hmm. And then that's the, I mean. By the time Walton Goggins actually gets to North Pole, I'd say you're about 75% done this film. Jesus. Yeah. That's a whole lot of nothing. It's a lot of... I th- I feel like Mel Gibson was probably like, this movie needs more weight. And he was just like kind of laying it on real thick. He's like, kids these days. And uh, you know how Mel Gibson does. Uh, and that that took up some time. So here's my here's my short and brief kind of take on this, Jared. Mm-hmm. This movie was probably made for me. I I couldn't think of one a, a better or a more fitting movie for me. However, it did leave me a little bit wanting. Uh, mm. There was like I, I like anytime Mel Gibson was on, I thought he was good. All the stuff with Walton Goggins though, I was kind of like, I don't care. And all the stuff with the kid, I was like, I really don't care. And then it's like such a big part of it. And like eventually I just stopped paying attention when they were on there. I was like, I don't give a shit about this fucking movie at all. So it's not very good, Jared, which I know you're probably going to say, oh, really? It's not good. Uh, It's not. But I did like seeing Mel Gibson. And I Mm -hmm. mean, it's a Christmas movie. So I'm sure one year you may watch it for Christmas. 
Mm. Mel Gibson is good in it. No. It's just the rest of the movie isn't uh Is it is, is it Beaver good? Uh the Beaver's probably better. Um it's okay. Like this Fat Man, it's alright. It's just it's yeah. Yeah. No. It's, I, I wish Mel was in was allowed to be in better movies. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I hear you. You want to hear about Star Trek? Fuck yes. Because you have no films, correct? Um, or well, do you? I watched something. Well, you can talk about that. I watched uh, Dolomite is my name. Oh, I've heard that is good. It's not too bad. It's not a, too bad. It's a biopic. It's from the the, the men who bring us biopics. Yeah. Uh, what's their names? Uh, Scott Alexander and Larry uh, Karaszewski. They've okay. written they've written a few things, RJ. Like Ed Wood, Man on the Moon, 1408, which is their, fam- their most famous bio film of all. People versus Larry Flint. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also written, RJ, if you're aware, Problem Child. Problem Child 2. Wow. And a little movie called Screwed. Screwed? Yeah, who's uh, starring uh, Norm Macdonald oh, 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 oh. and uh, Dave Chappelle and Danny DeVito? Wow, they they uh, directed that together. Look at the crossover here, hey Jarrett. Big big happenings here. Wow, terrific, no. terrific. And uh, they all, they also wrote Agent Cody Banks. I've seen that film with uh, Frankie Muniz. Mm-hmm. Hey, I never mentioned before, but uh, Andrew and I are actually watching Malcolm in the Middle right now. You have mentioned that, but you don't bring it up at all. No, it's good. It holds up. Okay. Holds up. Holds up. So, uh, what do you want to say? What do I want to say about this? Dolomite is my name. Uh, it's about the comedian, Rudy Ray Moore, and him making his first Dolomite movie, called mm-hmm. which is Dolomite. Do you know about Dolomite? I do know about Dolomite. Okay. So, Vinegar Syndrome, RJ, put, has mm-hmm. put out these uh, Rudy Ray Moore movies. I think okay. four of them, Petey Wheatstraw and such. And I've seen those. I didn't really know anything about his background other than like he was like self-financing the stuff and doing that hustle, making getting his movies and visions done, mm-hmm. whatever his vision is, which is entertainment. There's mm-hmm. there, there's some real uh, shade thrown toward Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. Uh, Why? Why? Because uh, uh, so Rudy Ray Moore and his friends, they go to see the, the front page the a, mm-hmm. la, a latter day Billy Wilder movie, and everyone in the theater is s- sitting around laughing, but not them. The, the 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 black people in the crowd, they're like, "What the fuck? This isn't funny." And like everyone else is laughing, though? and they're like talking. No, they're just like, "What is this? Oh. This isn't like I don't understand any of these references. This isn't funny." And then they leave. They leave, and they look at the marquee, and it's like, "No tits, no no funny, no kung fu." No tits, no funny, and no kung fu? Yeah. Man, that's almost like Fat Man. Exactly. Imagine man. if imagine if those three things had been in Fat Man. I'm I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah. It'd be a better movie. Mm-hmm. So so that that's what inspires them to be like, you know what? We gotta make Dolomite. And then of course there's the stuff before that where he uh he has this act where he like picks up stories from hobos and like weird weird tales mm. of I don't know this Dolomite character that's like kind of a an assembly of like folk stories and jokes, dirty lewd jokes, and he's he's that character. lewd. Um, a lot of fucking dirty fucking jokes, RJ. 
Your kind. Your kind of jokes. My kind? Yeah, the one, the ones that you save for the After Hours pod. Jared, there is no After Hours. Not mm-hmm. on my watch. I go oh, to bed very early. Oh, only, already just, just the OnlyFans. Just the OnlyFans. But that's a, that's a 9 to 5. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay, bud. Now available VR. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Adult Might's good. Eddie Murphy uh, is, like, really good. Like, he completely just disappears into the role. There's no Eddie Murphying, where he reminds you, mm. I'm Eddie Murphy. I'm going to do my Eddie Murphy laugh and Murphy it up, which is that, – that's what, like, people t- always were like, fuck, he's he's too much. Kind of like, to me, not unlike a Robin Williams. <laughs> hmm. But, they, but, he, but, but, but you know like that – where you're going with this. What? what? They're just funny. In general. F- funny, funny stand-up people. And, uh, and then they turn, take a serious acting turn, and perhaps they're in a, a Flubber 5 or a Ooh. Nutty Professor or a Norbit. Norbit? <laughs> Norbit. Perhaps. See, there's, there's parallels here, you see. Um, and then see. Robin Williams also had his serious work. Mm-hmm. The things that we were like, wow, what a great actor he is. Comedians can be such great actors. This is one of those fucking talking points you hear but like with jim carrey too or it's like, like eternal sunshine or yeah. punch drunk love or goodwill hunting Pun- punch drunk love like adam sandlar what about uncut gems um he's yeah that movie's good too <laughs> it's good still it's good like i know like, what you're saying it, it doesn't uh i mean as far as netflix movies go it's probably the best of like any of the ones i've seen wasn't uh, it just that they acquired it though or what it wasn't like they didn't make it themselves did they i think they financed this one completely oh okay oh no You're probably right. sorry well it does like open up with like a netflix presents but uh davis entertainment what yeah. else so da- yeah so i mean i have no idea who they acquired it after the fact but they 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 acquired such or sorry davis entertainment is behind such films as game night the Man from Uncle, I Robot, Chronicle, The Predator, um, which Ooh. is about like super autism, I guess. AVP, Garfield the movie, Predators, Predator Two, shit, that goes way back, huh? Huh? So he did all the Predators, Do- not just Doctor Doctor Doolittle, Daddy Daddy Daycare, all the. The, oh, Norbit! <laughs> it's like, look, hell yeah! So they, they're you obviously should, you should watch all those or not why what are you what are you even doing throw norbit on the next time you're painting oh. or the next time you're tearing up your basement god there's a third dr doolittle movie uh is not what oh not you should Eddie you Murphy should check out uh speaking of math out lemon you should check out out to sea's current poster on letterbox all right well conveniently someone just watched a Matthau movie, it's on the main page. I'll just follow that link to Walter Matthau mm-hmm. and just scroll on down to Out to Sea. Good luck. You, how far down do you think this one is? I don't know. Tango Gelfalig. <laughs> yep. Tango Gelfalig. What language is that? I don't know. What the fuck is that? That's a good movie, though. Okay. Have you seen Out to Sea? I have not. It's a good show. It's a good show. Brent, mm-hmm. uh, data is in it. Data. <sighs> data. Da- data. Yep. But yeah, uh, Dolomite's not a bad way to spend two hours. 
there is like a, there is kind of a thing about these depict these period piece movies now though where like they show the 70s and it looks so like they figured out exactly how to do it in these like kind of like this sort of desaturated brown golden mm. color and it's i don't know it's fine but it doesn't does it have to look so stylized? But it's just it's an easy fix to make it look from a different era. Um, I, don't I don't really if, know what you're saying. Well, I don't know. I don't think you know Zodiac David Fincher, who, who's a man who loves color correction. I don't think they do anything weird to make it look like this the '60s. Hmm. But yeah, there's something about this where it seems like it's '70s. Better like triple down on the '70sness. Sometimes, sometimes they go overboard with that production element. A little bit too much fun, and you know how I feel about fun, RJ. No fun, Duncan. No fun, Duncan. That's what the F uh, in your middle name stands for, right? Yeah, fun. But I, but I don't believe in it. No fun, Duncan. Tell me well, about I... RJ. What? Yeah, no, so... I was gonna say uh, I thought you'd like that Dolomite movie, so it sounds like you had an okay time. I did. Yep, it's good. Which is good. Um, it's sir, it's perfectly good serviceable Good. movie it's Good. fine yeah just like us just like us this podcast we're an hour and 45 minutes in Holy and shit. we are just now going to start talking about deep space nine how many episodes we got rj how many do you want to hear about how many you got all of season four outstanding which is i believe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> Let's do it. Are you sure? Yeah, why not? Okay, so it's wait, the wait, end wait. of the year. It's the end of the year. We're, the we're, we're, the we're year. ending the year. Season four is wrapped. Okay, and where did you finish off? Did you actually watch any of season five? Yeah, um, at least 14 episodes in. So. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you, I, I didn't know if you had seen any season five yet. At least, at least, at least six episodes in. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know, but my notes drop off after that. That's more worrisome because that means I have to start watching Deep Space Nine right away. You do? You do? All right. So this is where we finished off last time, Jared. 418, or if you're going by IMDb, it's 417 for some reason. Uh, but 418, uh, fake wharf clip show, question mark? Two out of four stars. Ooh. It's an okay episode, but I don't like some of the, some of the way they presented it. And I, I can explain what I mean by that. This is the rules of engagement. Yes. And this yep. is a yes. Okay. Um, my, I've got a couple points. Pretty grisly opening sequence for Trek. Uh, yeah. Worf blows up. Uh, uh, he's on trial and he blows up a, a, like a shuttle full of civilians. Whoops. Wow. One minute cold opening. A record. Uh, yeah. Well, as in terms of it's, it's short. Or too long, or long. Um, really like the Klingon lawyer warrior idea. Don't mm. don't think he would have won his case even before Odo's reveal. There's yeah, the, so the the yeah, the, I, I can speak to the Klingon warrior lawyer. Is that all, all you got? That's it. That's it for me. Okay, so Worf gets put in command uh, of like the Defiant, okay. and uh, he accidentally blows up a. A shuttle full of civilians. Is he a little trigger happy? Well, it's like, so there's a good explanation for it. It's like the Klingons are like cloaking and uncloaking like randomly. And like they'll uncloak and fire and then cloak. 
and then uncloak and fire because they're like they're at war with the klingons now and Worf is like i know this tactic he's like they're gonna uncloak in like five seconds he's like fire now and they fire and then uncloaked is a civilian shuttle and it blows up but then like the whole defense that cisco builds is like why would a civilian ship be cloaked why would it appear in the middle of a battle it's like you guys uh but then there's a klingon uh warrior lawyer and that that guy is actually pretty good he gets like real like he'd be like um lawyer you know, warrior to... <laughs> lawyer warrior it's like in to kill a mockingbird it'd be like the white lawyer who's like really against black people that's how fired up this guy is he's like he's like admit it he's like you love killing people oh yeah you just can't help oh yourself. yeah see lawyer lawyer warrior is great uh-huh um so the trial stuff is good, but I didn't like the I I didn't actually like the presentation of this. It's a uh, it plays out like a clip show, where it's like so they're doing the lawyer thing, and then it cuts to like um, Bashir talking to the camera, and he's like, "Oh, last Tuesday, I remember last Tuesday. Let me tell you about it like this, friend." And then he'll like go on, and it's like I could see that working with some people being like really into it, but I was kind of like, "Ugh," it's like I don't like this. I wish this just kind of played out. It was too playful for uh, the idea that Worf just killed like a thousand people. Do you know what I mean? You know who Chapok was played by? The warrior warrior? I do not. I, I didn't look it up. A man named Ron Canada. <laughs> that guy's come up before, has he not? I think. It's a fun name. Ron mm-hmm. Canada. It's fun. Yeah, so the, the episode's not bad. I just didn't like the presentation of it. You know what I mean? Oh, you know what I mean? Fuck. Yeah, he was in an episode in TNG, The Masterpiece Society. And then, oh, then he's like a guy in an vo- episode of Voyager. It's like, oh, it's, start- it's a startling visage. <laughs> well, I can't wait until we get there. And no, I said, no. You're watching Voyager, Duncan. No. no I don't I, give a shit. I want my life back. I nope. do. I do enough for this pod. Nope. This is for you. No. You think I'm doing this for the pod? This is myself. This is me taking is, care of me, baby. This is about life. This is about life. Hey, Jarrett, four nineteen. Creative new tortures. Three out of four. Oh stars. yeah, RJ's bread and butter. <laughs> I love star torture. torture. Star torture. So this is uh, where's, the, where's, the, where's, the, where's the RJ supercut of all the torture scenes of Star Trek? <laughs> I well, this whole episode. Ah, I just saw the picture you sent me. Yeah, see, you have my right. He looks like like one of the monkeys they sent up into space in the spacesuit, and then he got like warped by space and time a little bit, <laughs> which is unfortunate. It's a it's a pretty pretty bizarre uh, makeup. It's a little it's a little wild, but yeah. I'm fine with that. But yeah, uh, creative new torture uh, tactics, and I am I am completely here for it. And the clip show, this episode's almost entirely a torture one. Oh, and, it's uh, this episode. This uh, is a good episode. Uh, 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 hard time. Hard time. I like this one. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's so. Um, here we go. So my review is ah the late season Miles has something weird happen to him episode because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's a thing. Yep. <laughs> Suicide by phaser on maximum to the head. Hilarious. <laughs> that's what he, that's that's how he was it's like he could click it on to just normal any like shoot himself in the leg and he would still just explode. But it's full on blast to the head. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. Mental murder, the guilt is still real. 
So do you do you know what happens in this episode? It's so good. I there's like something it. about like Miles is prosecuted for a crime on another planet where mm-hmm. the culture is, is that you basically serve your entire uh, sentence in seconds. They basically just they, they, instead it's, of like it's a virtual, it's a VR prison. Yeah, yeah you basically go into mental prison for yep. like your sentence for like whatever is fifty years. And you get to yep. live out your mental your life mentally for fifty years in prison, but you're just standing there, and then you just like snap out of it. And you're like, "Oh, hey, you're free to go," and it's like, "Oh," yep. and everyone's like, "Well, that's not so bad." He's like, "I just spent fifty years in my life, and you're a changed. You're now you're a changed man." Yeah, yeah. Th- this episode's really good. It's man. it's it's, like, a, it's, uh, a, it's a super sci-fi concept, which yes, it is. Deep Space Nine has definitely not gone down as many lately. No, not not lately. Lately, it's all been kind of one track, uh, but yeah, th- this might even be a four out of four. This this episode's wicked. Uh, a- Andy even watched this one with me. She was bored one night, came down and watched this, and uh, she was even into it. So yeah, it's a virtual prison, and uh, that's how it starts. It's just it's him coming out of it. Yep. And they're like, they're like Miles, what? And they're like, because uh, they like protested. It's like you can't like sub- subject him to this. And they're like, we already did it. They're like he-, he was done like two minutes ago. Um. So he comes out and he has PTSD and he doesn't know like he doesn't know how to talk to people anymore and like he's just like doing weird stuff because he he was just in a prison for like however long it was uh, for like thirty years like he he grows old and dies basically in the prison and then he he wakes up uh, and there's a guy in the prison with him like his his partner and uh, part of uh, his he has like part of his like trauma is that he ends up killing this guy accidentally. But then it's like in his mind, he killed him for real. And so that's why Miles tries to kill himself with a facer mm-hmm. to his head. Uh, but yeah, th- this episode is really good, man. I liked it because uh, it's a dark, dark uh, <laughs> torture stuff. And this one's better than when uh, TNG, when Horny Riker was in that virtual prison. I like this one better because this one was grimmer somehow where it's just like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like the other one was too showy, or showy. I think this one's a uh, to the point. It's like, yeah, this guy got tortured. Well, I guess like part of it though too is when you're watching Riker deal with it, he's such a ham bone. Yeah, <laughs> Jonathan Frakes, and you know nothing really is going to happen to like upset the the Frakes train. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, exactly. And like Riker's really like he's a stage show guy, I think, and like the backdrop of that episode is that they're actually doing a play itself too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm. but this one, it's just like, it already happened. Yeah. So miles is already, he, he's already like living in this world afterwards. So I, I kind of like that. It's like, it's like, it already happened. It's done. So very good. Jared. Very good. Good. 420 sexy mirror wharf. Two out of four stars. Oh, um, yeah. My own, I have literally one thing to say. It's like, yeah. Shattered mirror is the name of the episode. Yep. Yes, and I write mirror universe. Yay! Yeah, it's not a it's not a bad episode, and you get sexy mirror wharf where his hair is down and he's like eating grapes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, which De- is pretty good. De- decadence wharf. Decadent. Uh, yeah. What's a uh, what's that Futurama? Decadence um, bot. Decadence bot. <laughs> decadence bot wharf. Uh, so this one they um, so like. In a crazy thing, Cisco is bringing back his dead wife from the mirror universe to have dinner in his universe once in a while, and it's like, whoa, Cisco! Like Cisco's getting erratic in this this last little bit of the season, and like, there's one episode particularly later where I'll talk about it. But I was the way people talk about Cisco, I was like, I feel like 
I didn't think he'd do this kind of shit. But, like, he's bringing his old wife down, and then his wife basically takes Jake back to the other universe, and then, like, they're like, oh, no, it's Cisco, other universe's son. We should kill him, and, like, that kind of stuff. It's okay, but it's it's whatever. Mm -hmm. All right, Jared, here's a big one for you, buddy. 421... Pregnant Waxana and Jake mind sexes an old lady. One out of four stars. <laughs> My note: This is the Muse. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the Albert Brooks movie. Um, yep. Nope. And Luxwana Troy. Fuck it. And I didn't watch this episode because I know what this is going to be. It's a Luxwana Troy episode. So it actually isn't. She's only in the intro and the and the exit of this episode. Well, that's, like, that, that's that's bad enough. So she shows up pregnant, and then it's like it's like, oh no, will you be the father? And it's like, oh no, um, I'm out. Yeah. So she she's there for a second, and then she goes like she's not in it that much, but uh, she's there. The other part is that this weird alien, old alien, like is a muse for Jake, and he's writing should touch his head and he's like, ah, oh, and he'll like write, write. And he like gets nosebleeds and stuff. It's really dumb. <laughs> it's really dumb. Really? Yeah. And, uh, ben Cisco's like, he's like, stay away from my daughter or my son. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll kill you. And she's like, I've already done it. And then she turns into dust and flies away. Aww. And you go, Hmm. Andrea has some ideas on why Cisco talks the way he does, but I think I'm, I might tell you that off pod cause I don't want to be implemented in anything. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that, that episode sucks big time. Uh, and then we have, um, okay. How do I phrase this? This is a big one, Jared. So we have, hi, I'm a member of Starfleet and I'll be your bad guy tonight. But also Garrick is a pedophile three out of four stars. <laughs> Uh, what a, but also what a what a, what a follow-up <laughs> also horny cisco is a dink and iron constitution my ass all the time on reddit i don't read the post but i always see on star trek people are like cisco is my captain with his like like his stone set like morals and stuff like that and it's like fuck no he isn't it go, all goes out the window in this episode oh dear so this is for the cause but yeah garrick is a pedophile okay so uh, my notes here for the cause Yes, uh-huh. mm-hmm. industrial replicator. What does that look like? Because at some point there must be talking. There's like an industrial replicator. Like yeah. it's massive. I'm like, huh, it's, that's really yeah. cool idea. Like they've never talked about that. And you're like, that makes total sense that they would have like because they have these little replicators in their quarters. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what does the industrial version look like? I mean, it's just probably a gigantic box, uh, yeah. I suppose. And things just but, but I imagine that they could put like giant walls around something and it would replicate because they have to, they start terraforming planets, I guess, at some point. To yeah. make them habitable for uh, colonizers. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next note, I believe, is I'll be your villainous note. Is probably why I wrote Edgington equals dick bag. And yep. s- still made a pretty sound critique of the Starfleet powered Federation. Yes, it did. So all of those things, all the things that you we've come to expect. Uh, so it's not a Starfleet admiral, but it's. It's a member of Starfleet, not in the main cast, so it's the bad guy for yep. the episode. Yep. Yeah, so the industrial replicators, what they're doing is uh, the uh, – I think what it is is Cardassia Prime has been, like, bombed to shit by uh, the Klingons. And so uh, they're petitioning to be part of Starfleet. 
and uh, or this might be the next episode actually that they're bombed to shit. But anyways, Cardassia is in bad space in a bad place, and uh, the. Uh, Starfleet is going to send them these industrial replicators and what the way they describe them it's like big things to make big things right so it's like if they want to make like actual industrial stuff it's like they can use these big replicators for it yeah it's kind of like if the UN sent like uh, like big hospitals to actual places that need it instead of like tents you know what I mean well they sent giant devices that giant could devices. Repli- that could make any building that anybody Anything needs out of need. matter it makes it's, yeah. it makes total sense it's actually like a fantastic idea mm-hmm. yeah so and yeah and that's really good and then uh there is a good uh, uh skewering political mm. satire here Oof. uh where you're speaking my language rj where so the big the big payoff at the end is the the starfleet guy is um he's with the maquis and it's just like he's like he's like you guys at Starfleet. He's like you're standing up for these like these bad like uh, people. And he's like why? He's like for politics. He's like what they're doing is wrong. He's like he's like Starfleet is the worst too. He's like I think the line he says he's like with the Borg they tell you up front that they're gonna assimilate you. He's like with you guys you do it covertly by mm-hmm. doing these like these like peaceful things, right? So that that's what they're doing. Uh, and it, yeah, this episode's really good. It's kind of, it's got a lot of that stuff built into it. And then there's a side plot with Garrick <laughs> where, so like, do you remember Gal Dukat's daughter? Yeah. That, uh, so she comes to live with Kira yep. and, uh, like she's only like 14 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Garrick is like into her and they, they're like going out on a date and everyone's like, you shouldn't date her. Gal Dukat will be mad. But I was like, isn't Garrick like 45 fucking years old, if not older? Like he's definitely not 20. Garrick's got to be at least 40. Well, maybe in Cardassia, it's fine. Yeah, that's probably right. But it's space, baby it's space. I'll, I'll put that in your, uh, in the paper when you get a when you, when you go to try <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're all in space <laughs> like because like you, like the planet is in space and according to space law there's no law at all space law and it's, it's like, like you it's know like international waters <laughs> yeah and like if she was in 1920 she'd be just as beautiful as she is today she's one of those timeless beauties yeah but don't get me started on chad and stacy uh-huh Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, yeah, so Garrick's kind of creepy. And then the Cisco stuff, uh, the smuggler is Cisco's girlfriend. And uh, he, like, he fucking aids and abets her to, like, get away with shit. And I was like, what? Cisco is helping her. the terrorists? Cisco. So anyways, I, I, I just thought I should draw attention to that because it's like, mm, mm, mm. Okay, next up, uh, four, uh, what was that? Four twenty-three. So this is uh, to the death, I believe. Uh, my review of this one is impotent. Three out of four stars. Impotent in question or in quotation mm-hmm. marks. Uh, Said by the man himself, which I bet you'll draw attention to. Uh, or not? I don't know. We'll see. I wrote. Yeah, this is a yes. I mm-hmm. said sweet ass episode. Yes, it's good. Finally, Wei Yun appears. Oh, right. They can clone more of him. Jeff Combs kills. Yeah, Jeffrey Combs. He's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. so him. That's who I was talking about. Uh, I can't remember what... I put cute talk of age 
in this one. I can't remember what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I think it's Jeffrey Combs is talking about. Oh no, what it is is a. Uh, okay, I remember. So Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey Combs is it Combs or Combs? I think it's Combs. It's, it's Combs, Combs or Combs. Combs. We'll say Combs. Jeff Combs. So Reanimator comes. Yeah. Uh, Reanimator's here, and he's a. Uh, He's like one of the elf guys yep. and him and like a band of uh, Jem Hadar are teaming up with uh, uh, Cisco because they're just like, shit's getting kind of nuts. We're kind of like the renegades. We're going to kind of side with you guys. Is that cool? And Cisco is like, yes. <laughs> That's all he says. Yes. Transplended. Uh, Transplended. Uh, so they like kind of partner up and they're going to try to take out like some big hubs of uh, Jem Hadar fa- uh, fa- Jem Hadar and founders type stuff, and uh, so they're working together. And then uh, the thing I said that was cute is uh, the Jem Hadar are all like teenagers, mm-hmm. like they don't live past like twelve or something like that. Right. And one of them talks to Dax, and it's like one of the only Dax scenes I actually have thought has been like useful. Where uh, he's like, "Well, how old are you?" And she's like, "I'm eight hundred And uh, I can't remember what it is, but there's a fun joke in there somewhere. But yeah, this episode's good. Uh, you get uh, some big. Pl- build up to the uh the bigger story in general mm-hmm. and all that but uh yeah it's good stuff jeffrey uh reanimator mm-hmm. he's he's good and uh you'll see more, more. Jim Hadar. and you'll see more of them i can't wait and i know that he's in like all of the series right for the, uh, different from, aliens uh yes but now he, Sometimes he the same, but, but now he is wayun yeah like yeah, and you'll he's... and you'll see him like basically from now to the end of the series like he's a regular nice. I, I I like him in this character. He he plays it well too. Yeah. His interactions with Odo are really good in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's like he's one of the better characters. Uh, yeah, and it's, it, I'm actually it's amazing how late into the show he is because in my mind he's like far he more, was more present. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, he you can tell I could see why they would bring him back because he has he just has such a good presence like like stage presence and when he's talking to because uh, some of the other Gem Hadar are like criticizing Odo and stuff like that and. Uh, um reanimator jeffrey coombs he's just like he's like we are because like their big thing is like the other guys are like you're a god odo he's like he's like but you've turned on them and he's just like he's like we cannot like squabble and or it's like the gods fight each other it's like we're not about we can't interfere with that you know it's like that's them Mm -hmm. it's good stuff uh okay let's keep rolling here uh 424 bashir commits genocide two out of four stars yeah, the quickening. Mm-hmm. No is there's <laughs> lots. Yeah, seems inconsequential. Another Bashir that Doctor Hero fails. Really? Yep. This is also uh, the Federation colonizing morality again. So we have a whole planet that has been poisoned by the Gem Hadar or by the Dominion, where it's like they can live to a certain age, but then plague sets in, and Bashir's like, I can fix that. I'll fix you. But then they all die. Yeah. And like their big thing too, they're like, we don't want help. And he's and they're like, we've accepted this. Like, don't they're like, don't give us hope because it's like th- things will never change here. And he's like, I'm science. I can do this. So it's like it's that thing too where it's happened before where other planets are like, No, that's not how we do it here. And then the Federation people are like, But you should do it our way. And it's like, Oh, that's weird. So Yeah. Anyways. Uh 425, Kira and Keiko are... Or wait, did you have anything else to say? Nope, that's it. I, I, yeah. 425, Kira and Keiko are reverse pregnant. Whoa, no! 
two two out of four for their story, but Quark's story is maybe oh, three out of four. Okay. Quark is good. Okay. So, but yeah. reverse pregnancy. B- body parts. Yes. Mm-hmm. My first note, RJ. The future. Ain't it just crazy? <laughs> uh-huh. Glad that Keiko and Miles aren't playing repellent, repulsed, wronged family. They're just kind mm-hmm. of dealing with it. It's just kind of yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's fine. This is the future. We're not, like, we're going to be really weirdly moralistic about this. It's like, eh, it's just what it is. So we, I never actually said, but what happens is there's an accident, and uh, Keiko's fucked up real bad. Uh, and so to save the baby, they Bash- Bashir puts, yeah, they transplant the baby into Kira instead. Yep. And I feel like this was a plot point to work around that actress maybe being pregnant in real life. Possibly. Potentially. Possibly. But uh, yeah, so they reverse pregnant it. And then, yeah, they're not weird about it, but they do. They're, they're like, do you want to live with us? She's like, a surrogate. Yeah, to be a surrogate. It's not that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like that they play it as like, oh, this is just a thing. This is fine. It's yeah, they're only they're only like their only like qualm about it is they're like, we wish she was here more because she's not there. Mm-hmm. Like, and, they, and then they convince her to move in. So, yeah. Um, my next note was this is like a quote computer remove corpse. <laughs> so uh quark tries to uh get himself uh he hires garrick to kill himself mm-hmm. or to kill him yeah and then they're they're going through simulations and uh I, yeah i love the lucid ferengi dreamscape oh yeah yeah there's a cool dream uh dream scene here and it's a wonderful ferengi life yeah quark uh he really uh george bailey's it in this one so uh he gets like um he gets told he's gonna die, so he sells his remains on like on eBay, basically. <laughs> Hence the title, body parts. <laughs> body parts, uh, and then uh, the doctor's like, "Oh, you're not gonna die." And Cork's like, "Oh, good, I'm gonna sue you." But the guy who's who bought him uh, for a considerable amount of money is the head of the FCA, like the Ferengi Commission Alliance or something like that, who's like for fair trade. And then he's like, "Well, he's like, we had a deal." He's like, "If you go back on your deal, he's like, you will be." basically disowned by the Ferengi. And so that happened. So they close Quark's down and uh, they seize all his assets and stuff like that. And Quark is no longer allowed uh, inside with any, to do business with any Ferengi. I see. But it was a moral thing because he could have killed himself, but uh, he realized it it wouldn't have been the right thing to do because people rely on him. Right. You know? So yeah, this is a, it's a wonderful world. All right, Jared. We got a big one here. Yep. Four twenty-six. Okay. Uh, geriatric Odo, three out of four stars. Okay. I have more to say as well. Okay. <laughs> so this is entitled "Broken Link." Yes. This is a yes. Mm-hmm. I begin with saying Bajoran strumpet. Someone says that in this episode. Exposition train. Yep. Let me get a big one of those. The Return of the Zombie Odo. Yep. Um, changelings are just always on about the solids. They are. They are. Like Klingons bang on about honor. Yep, they do. It's uh, the same thing. So does Odo get spat out solid? Ding! Yep. Garrick's crazed revenge scheme is actually not a bad idea. He actually mm-hmm. holds his own physically against Worf too. So this is yeah. So there. this is my my other mm-hmm. part of my review. Would it was in what world can Garrick fight Worf? Uh, I... 
but it, it happens and it's actually a matched uh it's a matched pairing so did you have anything else to say oh uh, that's it that's it that's all my notes okay. yeah so like so odo is melting again and then another thing too is they they're like well we'll fly you into the gamma quadrant and because the only people who can help you are the uh founders and they walk him through the promenade so everyone can see him and i was like what the fuck i was like why would they do that can't they just like move him out but like everyone sees him like melting and like deteriorating and i was like i I get that they did this for like sadness but like it's weird uh apparently a note i put in here and i watched this late one night i put goo do i don't really know what that means oh i think i meant voodoo but for goo Mm-hmm. They do goo do because it's the founders who are making Odo melt again. And it's they're they're putting him on trial for killing another changeling okay. uh, because they're like, that's never happened before, I guess. Oh, right. So, okay. yeah, they put him on trial. And then, uh, yeah, Garrick's plan was so like they sneak, they get they find the founders and then the Jem'Hadar fly the ship to where the founders new home world is. And they don't want to. They're like, we won't, we'll like wipe your computer and fly you back so you can't find us again. Uh, and then Garrick is like, we're here. We should blow up the entire planet. <laughs> and uh, Worf is like, that would be dishonorable. And Garrick's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. He's like, this would, <laughs> he's like, this would solve everyone's problems. <laughs> just let me do this. And then they fight. And I was just like, and it's a matched fight. And I was like, Garrick can fight Worf? And he's picking up teens? Who is this guy? He's a, He's, he's trained, buddy. I was like, Garrick's got more layers the, than I... G- G- Garrick the tailor? The tailor. It's like, who is Garrick? Uh, you know about yeah, that Tinker Taylor business? Soldier spy? Mm. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, they have talked about Garrick a lot, about what he did before. Because he's basically on um, Exile, right? Yeah. As a, yeah, because he was involved in all that stuff. But uh, And then what happened? Um, yeah, Odo's on trial. And he gets spit out. And then uh, there's two big things that happen, Jared. The two big spoilers. One is that Odo set, uh, fingers Gowron from the Klingon Empire as a changeling. He says, Gowron is a changeling. That's why the Klingons are fighting us. Mm. And then he also comes out and Odo is no longer Odo. Mm-hmm. He's a person. He's a dude. He's a solid. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure how to feel about it yet. I'm going to reserve judgment. <sighs> were you upset were you shocked dismayed I, I wasn't shocked like when it happened i was like huh it's like i can see why they would go that plot route and i was like but i don't know i don't know i i gotta we gotta see how it pays off because mm-hmm. at the moment i'm like i don't know if i'm on board with it or not right we'll, we'll have to see well there's uh only three more seasons to find out how you feel about it i guess potentially well, Depends on if they keep it or if they yeah. if they backpedal on it. I don't right. know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. So we'll see. But uh, that is season four of uh, Deep Space Nine. In the can. In the can. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, nothing. All right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Well, we're only like two hours and 15 minutes in. Holy Christ. <laughs> um, anyways, what's this? what news could there possibly be of note? Movies don't exist anymore. Uh, people were mad about Wonder Woman. Being bad? Uh, being bad, that it was a Wishmaster sequel. That yeah, I, was, I've seen mentions of Wishmaster. In it or something like that. That seems redundant. 
But the, the Wishmaster stuff is pretty cool. That's that's <laughs> that, that's neat. All that did was pique my interest a little, or <laughs> it just made me a little more interested. I was well, like, <laughs> I think part of it. I've seen some people are disappointed that there wasn't enough Wishmastering. Well, so I'm my guess is I know that uh, what's his face, um, you know the guy from uh, the Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Uh, my guess, like I, I knew he was playing Maxwell Lord. It's like, so is he the Wishmaster in this one? But they should have just got Andrew Duriff if they were really gonna like go for it, you know, uh, yeah, to go for the Wishmaster mm-hmm. thing. Bring it all back. I mean, he's got that like lost fame still. People will be like, hey, it's that guy from Lost. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, do it. Do it. I, I don't know. That's all the news I got. <sighs> cool. Well, hot diggity dog. I guess in like a couple. In a day or so, we'll have that new like teaser drawing from Criterion. They'll be like, "These are future things. Some of them oh, may yeah. never come out. Things that have, yeah, things that don't matter at all because half of them don't ever come to not in even, yeah, not even race. the calendar year. Like one, yeah. one, one car. Why? It's not even. It's gonna be like it's still months off. But maybe that was a COVID thing, or maybe not. I I don't think so. I don't think it was because they do shit like that all the time. And then there will be things too, like things that don't make any sense. It'll be like. The number five, and they'll be like, "Get it?" Mm-hmm. And some people will get it. <sighs> yeah, they, they get they, they get really into it. I don't. When do you think they're going to let you draw the Criterion teaser images? Fuck, I'd do it in a heartbeat if they want. I wouldn't even take mm-hmm. a commission on it. I would work mm-hmm. for just a exposure. Mm-hmm. Just for the exposure. Yeah, you've seen my drawings. Mm-hmm. You, uh, I, I'm sure you you would uh, back me on. Uh, you would endorse me. Mm-hmm. After after the break, RJ. Yeah. Praise him. Fuck, that's all I do, buddy. Blessed be. Don't need to break that up. Do that all day. If you're gonna be king of the hill, you can't make it at the cotton mill. Get put on at the Harlem mine. Be the last one out at quitting time. Already working when the whistle blew Never complain about a job to do When they say who can, you say I will If you ever gonna be king of the hill If you're gonna be king of the hill You can't make it at the cotton mill You need a good woman to share your bed To keep you loved and to keep you fed To help you to face another day To get you up and on your way Where the golden rule don't rule out true You do to them before they do to you Watch out for yourself or nobody will And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. And tonight we're talking about King of Kings from 1927, directed by Cecil B. DeMille. The tagline for this film, RJ. Mm-hmm. Supreme in theme, gigantic in execution. <clears throat> Could you tell me what the theme is? I mean, it's, it's all... This is a... historical fiction, Jarrett. Yeah. Historical nonfiction. So what is the theme? Um, Jesus. Jesus that can themes. Be the theme? Yep. Okay. Why not? Okay. I'll take your word for salvation. it. Salvation. The theme of salvation. 
Have you got yours yet? Nope. The King of Kings is the greatest story ever told, as only Cecil B. DeMille could tell it. In 1927, working with one of the biggest budgets in Hollywood history, DeMille spun the life and passion of Christ into a silent-era blockbuster, featuring text drawn directly from the Bible, a cast of thousands, and the great showman's singular cinematic bag of tricks. The King of Kings is at once spectacular and deeply reverent, part gospel part technicolor epic uh there's a lot of big words in that description it's boffo box office uh boffo box office (laughs) yeah i don't know that that seems all a little bit above my pay scale (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you ask me no so this is something i've been dreading to watch for a little while here rj what? Why? Because it's listed at 155 minutes long. Silent film about Jesus Christ. And you just wish the it man, was a little... The man, you wish it was twice the, as long? The man, the god, the legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you were myth, bummed. You're, you're like, only three hours? The, the fiction, how are they going to get it all in? Um, how are they going to cram it all in there? And... Uh, my my interest couldn't possibly be lower in this subject matter, even at this time of year, the, the Christmas season, about the birth of all well, this, uh, Jesus. This is more of an Easter pick, though. This is definitely more of an Easter pick. But even then, I would perhaps opt for uh, the, the the Nicholas Ray uh, cut. The, the King the, of Kings? The, the remake, yes. If have I was you going, seen King of Kings? I have not seen that King of Kings well, I watched it this calendar year. Yes. So I can speak it, to it. it. it left, yes. Well, I'll, you can definitely do so. Um, mm-hmm. But let's let's talk about this number here. So, sure. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, I have not much interest in the subject matter. Um, okay. But, I, and I've only seen like one Cecil B. DeMille, two Cecil B. DeMille movies. I know the name. He, he's got like one of the most directory of director names imaginable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have, are you familiar with Cecil B. DeMille? I have seen Ten Commandments. Yep. I have heard of Samson and Delilah. Yeah. I, I, I'm seeing now that he has a 136 <laughs> uh, silent film of uh, the Ten Commandments, which I find very intriguing. Okay. Very intriguing. And uh, Signs of the Cross, I've uh, I've heard of as well, but I have not seen that okay. one. Well, yeah, Signs of the Cross we'll be watching one day for the podcast as well as it is in the criterion oh. collection well good you told me or else i, I would have watched i, I, it. I do believe hmm. uh i mean madam satan sounds pretty sweet right that does sound good yeah that was real good pretty, pretty cool um but yeah I've, I've seen the greatest show on earth and? That, that, that's uh i think often regarded as one of his worst movies and people really, good? really hate that movie um i think it's okay some people hmm. really really dislike that movie though Hmm. It's about it's got Jimmy Stewart as a clown. Uh Jimmy James Stewart, do you mean? James. Hmm. Interesting. And yeah, and everyone's seen that Ten Commandments. It's a great Easter tradition watching Ten Commandments over the course of two nights yeah. on ABC on like a Saturday or is it Sunday, Monday usually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about Brewster's Millions? I have not seen Brewster's Millions. What about the uh, uh, Richard Pryor one? Or is that uh, Gene Wilder? 
the remake of Brewster's Millions. Uh, you haven't seen that either, I'm guessing. I I don't know if I have. I don't, probably not. Well, I I mean, I've seen Brewster's Millions. Yeah. I, I had no idea that it was a, a silent film from uh, Cecil B. DeMille from like 1927. Holy shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, Vern? Well, I mean, Brewster's Millions is directed by old Walter Hill as well, with John the Man Candy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Richard Pryor. Yep. I was right. Yes, you were. All right. I didn't question that part. There's, in fact, like several Brewster's Millions movies. You see, see this? There's, in fact, five? Holy <laughs> Wait, shit. potentially nine? Are you counting Million Dollar Baby in that as well? No, there is, like, nine things of Brewster's Millions. There's one well, called, I mean, like, if... Three on a Spree. Malamal from 1988, which it looks... Be an Indian film. Okay. No. Well, it makes sense now, knowing how old the original is. That's true. There, there's lots. There's been plenty of time to tell the tale over and over and over again. So, King mm. of Kings. Speaking of tales being told over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um. So, starting this movie on up, it, it's kind of like the the orgy scene, but it's like a 1927 orgy. Where it's just people running around and dancing, and there's animals, and there's people dressed foreignly. If you catch my drift, could you explain? I they, don't. They, they might have some exaggerated eyebrows, noses, complexions, in fancy dress of an exaggerated foreign Oriental place. Egypt. Uh, well, maybe not, not too far off from Egypt, just on the other side of the river, I guess. I thought they were very Egyptianly dressed, and I was like, Egyptians. <clears throat> there's a whole lot. There's a hodgepodge because there's like the the chariot driver. Yeah, that's like full. Like, was... What is this, Ramses the second? Yeah, there was that it, dude, and then there was that it's... guy in overalls and a bucket hat, and I was like, I don't know where this guy fits into this, but all right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, one of the disciples, I think. Oh, yeah. or the apostles, you know. Same difference. Well, (laughs) Jared, you got to get it right. If if the New Testament were a fighting game, they'd be like the bosses. Each of the apostles? Yeah. And what what role would Judas have? Would he be the end boss or would he be the guide throughout the whole, like Phantom Stranger style? He's like Goro. Oh, interesting. And then Jesus is uh, Sang Shang Shu. Ooh, I, when can you start work on this? I think it would be a big <laughs> you know, hit. Bible combat. I, hey, I'll pre-order one right now. Just this is just for uh, anyone who's tuning into our King of Kings analysis, thinking these guys finally have been waiting. <laughs> You're gonna get nothing like that. So um, mm-hmm. I got some, I got some factoids, RJ. I got some sure. some things fresh off of Wikipedia about. Okay. So, do you know that King of Kings was the first movie that premiered at the Grauman's Chinese Theater in Los Angeles, California, on March 18th, 1927? I didn't. I always thought it was Scooby-Doo. Remember when, C3, remember when C-3PO was at, hanging out there when Star Wars opened up? What's a C-3PO? I don't know. It's not in the Bible, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, not a, not in my books. And the film was screened there again on March 24th, 1977 to commemorate the theater's 50th anniversary. Hmm. 
Is that also good or is that bad? It's it is a statement of fact, I guess. It is of well, no note whatsoever, other than hey, you know, everyone knows about that Chinese theater, but no one knows what was the first movie that played there. And now you know. Now you know. Uh, I like uh, the statement of fact. That could be your new uh, your new nickname, Jarrett. Statement of fact, Duncan. I prefer. No alleg- fun, Duncan. Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh. Well, I thought it was no fun. Jared Duncan, allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, that works. Um, another fun one for you, writer. Ayn Rand, you know about Ayn Rand? Uh, the uh, Fountainhead. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, she was an extra in the film and met her future husband Frank O'Connor on the set. Who's Frank O'Connor? Her husband. I know John Connor. Yeah. From T two. But not Frank O'Connor. No, I know uh, Shane O'Mac. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I heard uh, Zack Snyder was going to make a uh, Fountainhead movie. Would you see it? Uh, whoo! You know, okay, we'll table that for later. Yeah, we'll table that for later. Um, yeah. What else we got here? So, how was the King of Kings received? Well, it received rave reviews. Oh, nice. The Film Daily stated there can be said nothing but praise for the reverence and appreciation with which the beautiful story has been developed. The King of Kings is tremendous from every standpoint. It is the finest piece of screen craftsmanship ever turned out by DeMille. Photoplay described the film as Cecil B. DeMille's finest motion picture effort and thought he took, quote, the most difficult and exalted theme in the world's history, the story of Jesus Christ theme, RJ, and transcribed it intelligently and ably to the screen. Norbert Lusk of Picture Play believed... Norbert? Norbert. Norbert. Okay. Lusk. Of picture play believed, quote, the King of Kings is Cecil B. DeMille's masterpiece and is among the greatest of all pictures. It is a sincere and reverent visualization of the last three years in the life of Christ, produced on a scale of tasteful magnificence, finely acted by the scores in it, and possessed of moments of poignant beauty and unapproachable drama. This is a picture that will never become outmoded. Interesting. Interesting. I am still very confused by what they mean by theme. Okay. Like I don't. I don't think I'm not trying to be like. I mean, you're the. I mean, amongst us. I mean, this, it's just like, what do they mean? I mean, I don't get it. Amongst us, I mean, you w- would be, I guess, the most theological of us. Well, I'm definitely the authority in the matter. I'm just. I'm confused by the use of the word. <clears throat> you know, like what the theme? What do you mean theme? It's a story. It's the theme. That's all there is. There's no theme. Hmm. Uh, what else? What else do you gotta say? Well, I guess I should talk about my take on King of Kings. So, King of Kings is the story of Jesus Christ. You know about this guy? You know about this Jesus? I mean, I've heard about it once or twice. So yeah, it opens up this orgy. Remember the? So there's the orgy. We get Mary Magdalene, sure, the, the prostitute, and she's being merry with these uh, these men folk. Um, and like, there, you know, there's a lot of like hijinks. It's very loose. The, it's very morally questionable what's going on here. Maybe they need a little bit more of a stronger hand. Maybe they need to bring back God, you not know, being living so materialistically. I don't know. But then they start hearing these stories about this, this, this bum carpenter out there in the streets healing people. 
Yeah, I, I heard about this guy, uh, you know, who had a lot of crazy ideas about <laughs> mm-hmm. peace and love, Jarrett. Yeah, that's right. That's well, who, right. You know that guy, yeah, right? That, that's a, yeah, like, yeah. So, Is his um, name Jeff? Jeff. Jeff your Je- mom or something? Jeffy. So, yeah. she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go check out this guy for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes and takes the, the Uber uh, Ramsey's second uh, shops in there goes for a ride down to the streets mm-hmm. we get this like mob of people we get like a little scene of a kid who's like or we have a blind kid we got a kid who walks away who's like I was a, I was on crutches and a cripple and now I can walk around and I believe we are led to believe this is Mark correct is that Mark the apostle Mark, Mark um, the, the writer Mark the book of Mark Mark oh I see uh, Mark, yeah yeah I just know the Book of David, that movie that came out like a year or two ago. Uh, I Do you remember that, that one? What, yeah. What, what, <laughs> um, there's lots of books. Yeah, there's lots of books. Yeah, okay, so that's Mark. The Book of and, Eli is my favorite. Ooh, that kid, he was, he was He's blind, blind too. That was spoilers, RJ. Jeez. Ain't no one give a shit about no. <laughs> that movie. It came out like 19 years ago. Nobody cared then either. Yeah. Well, that came out on Christmas Day, my friend. Wow, look at that. Look I at think. on Christmas Day. I better double check that. So it we get in. So there's a big build up to the face of Jesus. Oh yes. Oh yeah. What do you think he looked like? Uh, a bearded guy, <laughs> like a bearded dude. He, so what do you think of uh, what is his name in this movie? It's like <laughs> the actor's name. Do you remember it? The owl. Oh, I didn't look up the actors in this. RJ, movie. come on. I thought you were. I thought you were a good believer that you worship, uh, you worship this shit. In the good book, not in the... Um, uh, sorry, H.B. I knew it was like H.B. H.B. Warner is H.B. Pennypacker? <laughs> oh, okay. Everyone knows him and loves him. H.B. Yeah. So, he shows up. And he looks just a little off. He looks a little funny. It looks he like has... He looks like an actor playing Jesus. He has a striking appearance. I mean, it's not as seamless as, say, a Jim Caviezel mm. or a... I don't know. Who's another good Jesus out there, Jarrett? You know them all, right? You know them all? Yeah. Not as good as Jim Caviezel. I don't I don't know what his... De- he has a striking appearance, this guy. Striking, to say the least. Hmm. You know what I mean? Huge. Huge. Let me see. <laughs> okay. I'm just going... I'm going okay, to you're, 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 you're looking out. things up. So, yeah. you get introduced to him, and there's, there's quite a build-up... Uh, a lot of characters are looking at Jesus, and there's a lot of quotes coming at us, all cited properly. Some nice mm-hmm. footnotes. So, you, so when you can follow along with your own Bible as you watch this movie in complete darkness, watching like in all of awe as the screen is lit up with the light, mm. um, it's a proselytizing to us. That's like it. Literally, the movie opens up with a text about like spreading the word, and this is like, yeah. and it's like, oh dear, mm-hmm. this isn't for me, RJ. Well, hey, not, hey, not, are not, you not evangelicalizing? You're not spreading the good word, friend? Well, if you, if you turn back some time, many episodes uh-huh. ago, we talked about a movie called Last Temptation of Christ by sure. one Martin Scorsese. And I think that movie is fantastic. I think it's one of his better movies nobody talks mm-hmm. about. Uh, I think it's a great telling of the story that makes way more sense to me as a mm-hmm. humanist atheist. And I think it's great. Oof. I think it's it's really interesting. Um, but this this stuff is like all the stuff that makes me an atheist, RJ. When I think about my my 
brushes with Christendom as a kid growing up, where I lived in a household that was fairly indifferent to this Mm -hmm. matter. And when I did meet friends, they're like, you should come to Pioneer Club. And I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. It sounds like Boy Scouts. Was it? No, it wasn't. Kind of was. But then came the lessons. And we were shown books with bearded people in robes that weren't fighting dragons. And I'm like, what the hell's this? This is like this is Derek? this is pretty boring stuff right here. I, I'm not. This isn't cool. I, I want to play Nintendo. Mario is my Jesus. So that that's, Mario was Catholic. <laughs> he's a good Italian. Yeah, I'm talking about the Pope. He's 100 percent a Catholic. It's a me. So um, this material um, was going to be a struggle for me. So it's going to have okay. to it's going to have to wow me in the movie making territory for me to be kind of like yeah i'm into this well this movie is we're coming up almost 100 years old it's 93 years old today mm-hmm. and today it is 93 yeah it so, came out this day this no not this day at the oh. moment it's currently 93 next year in a few months it's going to be 94 and, okay. then, and every year it's gonna get closer and closer so Depending on how you feel about spectacle or maybe like the history of watching epics, I guess, in Hollywood terms and watching how these movies unfolded in terms of scale and scope and like learning the techniques. I mean, this is I guess this could be of interest the same way that Birth of a Nation is of interest in the unfurling of that. But at the same time, does someone need to watch Birth of a Nation for the fact that it's like got some real horrible, horrible racism? I don't know. Some people would say, yes, absolutely. This is canonical uh, film history. One needs to watch Birth of a Nation. King of Kings, I feel like, doesn't really get brought up a whole heck of a lot in that same conversation. Like, I I mean, if it had been, if it is, there's just better examples of it. So I feel like this Mm -hmm. is just like, it's, unless you're really interested in Cecil B. DeMille, and I mean, there's a whole lot of, Jesus and his stuff. A lot of Bible stuff. Samson and Delilah we just talked about. And he's mm-hmm. done multiple Ten Commandments, which I think, and I think Ten Commandments is a lot of fun. I think that movie is like a great campy movie. It's got uh, it's got stars. It's got Yul Brenner. It's got Charlton mm-hmm. Heston. I'm, I'm into those dudes. And I can watch Ten <laughs> Commandments. And maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it, <laughs> It, it seems it's a ridiculous movie, and I think that helps it. And it's, I think it's his last movie that he wound up making. Uh, this one, I don't know. No, no, Probably. no. Uh, Ten Commandments is that? The, yeah, it's the last movie he directed. And so he went out on a high note for me. I think some people say Simpson and Delilah's is best, but mm. that's okay. I don't know. I've never seen Samson and Delilah, but I heard a song one time called Samson, and it was about the story of Samson and is Delilah. That, is that like Samsonite? Samsonite. I was way off. I was way off. That's come up twice tonight already. You mm-hmm. realize that? Yeah. You realize that? Fine. You think anyone else knows? That's fine artisanal film craft right there, though. That one is. That one's one of the only actual ones. <laughs> so, King of Kings, you get the telling mm-hmm. of Jesus. I feel like you can get the telling of Jesus in a lot of places. Is this uh, is, yeah. is is this a go-to for a delivery of that telling? Is it an interesting story? In this presentation, is there enough here? The DVD, or at least the Criterion Channel, it has two options. One is the roadshow version. So this was the 
the version that we watched, I'm assuming you watched as well, the two and a half hour version, that is like the full experience that premiered at the mm-hmm. theater. And then there's the general audience version, which is the one that's been shown everywhere else. The one that most people watch, which is a reasonable hour and 52 minutes. I did not watch that version because I couldn't imagine after watching what I watched for two and a half hours, I, I didn't want to do it again to find out definitively. Someone maybe can do that for me. Someone can tell me, oh, don't ever watch that <laughs> that overstuffed thing because holy crap, like Judas gets his 30 pieces of silver, like what, with an over an hour to go? It's like what the f- uh, yeah. what the fuck? Like come on. Like you what like what's going on? Pace pacing. Let, let, well, let... I mean you just totally glanced over Lazarus. Yeah. I mean, how's that for pacing? He was dead. Dead? Here. He was dead. He was dead. He was dead. Can you believe it? I, I can't. I cannot believe it. Stunned silence. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I, I'm I'm following you. I'm following you. What okay. else you got? What else I got about this year thing? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of highlights. I guess mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time. Uh, this movie doesn't. This movie fails to hold my attention most of the time okay. because it's a whole lot of the same thing over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And I keep thinking the whole time I could be watching Last Temptation of Christ instead. And be, or DS9. And be, and be, and be, or DS9. And I could be being like brought in with like Peter Gabriel score. Um, like um, like mm-hmm. being like, hey, it's Harry Dean Stanton. Hey, it's Harvey Keitel's Judas being intense. Willem Dafoe being like so charismatic. And I don't mm-hmm. get any of those things. Well, I think Martin would tell you that off the shoulders of giants, Jared. Right, sure. I bet this, I bet this is one um, of one of Martin's favorite I'm, I'm, movies. Well, when you when you didn't have any other choices, I'm sure it was great. Oh. <laughs> wow, yeah. this guy, this guy, this guy. Is king of kings. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know if this is a picture uh, that will ever be outmoded. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that statement by old Norbert Lusk, because I don't know th- this. Tell me how you really feel. I I feel like I have. I'm indifferent to this stuff. Sure. Um, it, it you could one could argue um, that it's offensive in its existence, but that's that's whatever. That's the world we live in. It's offensive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna fry. No, you don't need. To. Yeah, it's it's whatever. Um, I I do think genuinely that there is some questionable depictions of of the the Jew and the Jewish faith. Uh, in this movie, there's some pretty like, huh? This feels uh like this is the this is the twenties, and you look at these characters, and it's like, oh, so this is uh, Jerusalem, and the, the 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 bad guys conspiring. The the Romans, right? They look they're all like very clean cut and handsome in their depictions, mm-hmm. um, but then there is the the Jewish hierarchy. And they're depicted as very conniving and like, and a little, uh, you know, perhaps anti Semitic. And uh, uh, again, sure. of its time, right? Well, I, I was so, going to say, you mentioned it was from the 20s, but I feel like we still get stuff like this now, no? Like some movies, you know, with people, questionable well, presentations. Pe- pe- people watch for this stuff. I mean, usually, I mean, 
when people say do a Oliver twist mm-hmm. and you get to Fagin, the Jew, people start mm-hmm. going, oh, but I mean, it's again, Charles Dickens. And it's like, how yeah. faithful do you stick to that? Um, do you humanize, how do you humanize this? And I think like, you know, Will Eisner did a, a graphic novel called Fagin, the Jew was trying to like, cause I mean, again, it's like, how do you d- deal with this like long history mm-hmm. of this like kind of like figure who's like, eh, a little uh, questionable and doesn't age well as, as a Jew. And sure. So he, he kind of did that. And I, I don't remember if he did a great job with it at the time, but it's one of those things. But again, he also had like, uh, whatever the character was, his, uh, one of, uh, the spirits sidekicks was a little African American guy. And Ooh, that's, that's questionable. And he asked, he did an interview with his own creation. How do you feel about being a racial stereotype? He's like, I feel fine. You're like, thanks. Will Eisner. <laughs> Mm. again well is it isn't that just press like how we see every well not anymore because movies don't exist but every interview ever it's like actor actor a says new movie b is his best film ever and it's like interesting right interesting dickens hey what the dickens dickens do you think dickens was circumcised Was you didn't it, think what, I'd hit you with that one, did hmm. you? Never thought about Dickens' dick before. Well, now you are, and everyone else listening What do you think about Cecil D. De, B. DeMille here? Oh, that dude's circumcised for sure. Yeah, he's cut. Yeah, I think that could be our side cast. Were they circumcised? <laughs> Fuck. My goodness, RJ. Yeah, so um, I feel just like completely inadequate in reviewing this subject sure. matter because... It means nothing to me. Um, and it, I feel like nothing in the movie's presentation won me over in any way. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it feels really, really long. And I feel mm-hmm. like I'm waiting for, like, come on. <laughs> like, it's long, extended scenes of characters. Like, the, the stuff I've seen before. And mm-hmm. like, I'm a person that doesn't even watch this stuff very much. I'm like, it's the story all over again. There's the story a, there's hasn't some, changed. There's much. lots of Halo-y things. When, when, uh, there, I guess, like, there's, like, the, you know, when they're on the... What? It's just like, do we even get? The, do we get the sermon on the mount? We must get the sermon on the mount. Uh, no. No, we don't. Nope. Okay. I don't think so. So that doesn't happen. We, we have, we healing. have healing. We have yep. uh, oh, yeah. Lazarus. We get, we get some Lazarus. We get some mummy action. We have so yeah. We have healing of the crip or of like the sick and crippled. We have Lazarus. We have the temple, uh, like of the whores. And like the gambling, where he goes and messes up the place. We have Palm Sun or Palm yeah. Tuesday or whatever, where the lane of the palms. We have uh, his trial, his torture. Yeah. Uh, a brief walk. Uh, we get the last se- supper. He, oh man, his pretending how heavy the cross was was real. Yeah, that, on. that's one of the weaker carryings of the cross I've seen, mm-hmm. uh, and I've seen Chris Pratt. So uh, <sighs> you know, yeah, uh, I, I think he does that every well, I mean... year. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, and then yeah, and then we have the crucifixion and, and the resurrection. But yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think we get the sermon on the mount. Maybe if we did, I missed it. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> you, you, you blink and you might have missed it somehow, impossibly, or you might have been yeah. looking on your phone. Well, there's so many scenes of just scripture text. Yes. That occupy probably what th- like thirty minutes of this movie. Do you think? Uh, yeah, well, thirty minutes again seems like a a bay a baylog exaggeration. Thirty minutes out, like ten percent. 
30 minutes out of three hours. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a lot of titles, and it's like Bible stuff. Wait, that's not 10%. That's yeah. like 20 uh, Yeah. Yeah. No. Well. Hey, I don't exaggerate. Shut up. <laughs> RJ, what yeah. do you think of King of Kings? Uh, so an atheist, a vegan, and a CrossFitter Walking going to a to bar. A bar. Yeah, you see what I'm see what I'm saying here. Yes. Uh, so I'm actually, uh, I wouldn't say surprised. I know you're not uh, the big religion boy, mm-hmm. and like I don't, I don't give a shit one way or another who what whatever anyone likes to think, especially you. Uh, but I did know that you were a fan of fine artisanal cinema. So I was like, I wasn't totally sure how you would uh, kind of take this one on, as the big, uh, the big Catholic boy over here allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, I will uh, I will say that uh, so like I watched the remake King of Kings at Easter and I didn't even realize we were watching it this year or else I would have saved it. But uh, so these movies come up in my radar once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this movie is it's not bad. I think it's got some some really cool shots. Yeah. Uh, and for the time that it came out, like uh, I do think the crucifixion scene is really good. Uh, like just like how it how it's kind of photographed i also uh well like i don't know um i thought it looked i thought it looked nice like the crucifixion scene uh and the way they kind of frame stuff everything kind of looks like a painting which kind of makes sense because that's i bet his storyboards were old italian paintings or something like that you know like all the good yeah there's a lot i mean there's a lot of it there's you know? there's hundreds of years of reference material right exactly right for lifting for movies and why not and then you, and you're bringing it to the cinema which mm-hmm. is going to be the most widely distributed way of watching these things imaginable and they're, they're going to be moving moving paintings yeah but what they do a lot too is they freeze frame it right like or they don't actually freeze it but they just hold the pose like so the lazarus yeah. one like that's very picturesque where it's like uh where he has his halo and he's like kind of pointing to the corpse he just holds it for like a minute because it's like that's probably a painting that C- cecil b DeMille liked and like i think i think that looks nice too but it's also like um like a lot of them, I think, are based on paintings and things like that. And it's like, that's fine, whatever. Uh, because it's like, what else would you base it off of, I guess, in like 1927 or whatever? Yeah. The, uh, the, I mean, the visual motifs have been handed to these. Yes. Like, to this, you. this is a layup for this guy, I yeah. think. Yep. Um, so I think it's I think it's not bad. I like some of the imagery stuff, but I, I do think I am kind of uh, in the same same ballpark as you where it's like, this thing is so long um, that like, and it doesn't, and it doesn't need to be clear. Cause obviously there's a two hour version that I don't know, Yeah, but it's, it's so long. And I feel like that would put a lot of people off of it. And it's like, that's fine too. It's like, if, if I, if we weren't doing this and you're like, do you want to watch a three hour movie on Jesus? I'd, I would have told you to get out of town. Show, where's, show me Mel Gibson. Show me the Mel Gibson version of this. And then I'll definitely watch it. Um, but so I think that's like off putting to begin with. And I think like the the format of it where it's like seeing and then scripture, seeing scripture, like I think that's fine, too. Like, I think there's a place for that kind of stuff. Um, and especially in like 1920s silent films, it's like I was like, it's like that's not a bad idea, I guess, because what else were they going to put in here? So they don't really have any other dialogue. It's just the, the actual scripture things. And it's like that's 
I don't know. I don't know how I would have done it different at the time. So I'll, I'll give him credit for that. But it does get does get a little tiresome because uh, I, I watched this over two days, uh, which I think was the right move. I watched like an hour and some one night and then I, I just kind of stopped. And I was like, because I was getting a little snoozy. I was like, I'm a little, uh, a little tired here. I'm a little bored of this bad boy. So uh, I put her down and then I picked it up the next day. And I do think the back end is definitely a lot more interesting just because there's more there's just more happening i I, you know i was like completely done after the crucifixion stuff and he comes back and then there's like it's just it's like this endless the the, the post game wrap up (laughs) of just like nothing i'm like okay and now it's like all the stuff that you never hear about because it's kind of the oh he's back but he's not credit scene mm, yeah (laughs) that's that's no, I, I do know what you mean. Like, cause, well, he's just kind of walking around. Yeah, it's the part that no one. It's the. It's, like, it's, it's, it's definitely the, the. Well, it's part of the story, but it's part of the story that nobody ever talks about. I, I think because it's kind of like it's awkward. I feel because it's kind of the. Yep. So he came back from the dead, and this is what happened, and you go, huh? That's mm-hmm. all you. That's what you've got, and then it's like this, and then you know, sheep. Or lamb, sorry. He's all about lamb. Lamb of God, Jared. They're a great band. The Lamb. The Lamb? Do you know Lamb of God? They're kind of like, what is it? Not speed metal, but it's something like that. I know know the name. Death metal, Mm -hmm. potentially. I I don't know what they are. Uh, Yeah, the the resurrection stuff's... um, it's a little again it's like it's just a little much but i do think the crucifixion scene is cool i like the like uh i did like the imagery for some of the crosses and then i do like the um i think (laughs) i i I don't know how this became my thing but i like the torture scene (laughs) and it's not it's not space torture ds9 style right but i i i just thought it was like i think it's like the the humiliation scene i thought was well done like uh the way that they kind of build up on that Right. Like Judas is in the background, like sniveling. And there, there is a oh. lot of like John Lovett's acting yeah. because it's like silent film and people are huge expressions. And so I didn't care for that, but uh, I did kind of just like, um, uh, like the way that the guards were kind of handling things. And I like that one dude who comes in and he's just like, what's going on in here? Come on guys. Yeah. He, he talks like that. So I think there, I think there are some scenes that I was like, I was kind of into, I was like, this is kind of cool. I, I had a note here. I just put dude pointing at stoning rock. Oh, that's part of the acting. So in the the stoning of, uh, you know, the uh, he with that without sin kind of scene, part of the silent acting, the one guy has the rock that he was going to throw at uh, Mary Magdalene and he looks at it and then he points at it and he looks at the audience and he's like, should I do it? Should I hit her with the rock? And you're just like, is this like you're breaking the fourth wall, Jarrett? Mm-hmm. um no i uh in terms of like you said um there are better presentations of this and it's like i realized that uh, at the time this was like the first movie version of it and i think they i think for the time and what they had i think it was fine it's like i i see why they made the sure. decisions they did but uh there are other things too it's like i do think the jesus guy is like not the best pick for that. Like there, there's just something very off about his appearance. And it's not that he's not like the right fit for it or anything like that. It's like, I think it's how they did the makeup or something. And like his fake beard, it just, it doesn't look normal. And it's just like, I, I yeah. feel like this is not the, it's, the, it's, it's still like kind of theatrical makeup. Like they didn't, yeah. they, they didn't pour a lot of effort into making this like the most realistic 
Jesus man. <laughs> like where it's like yeah. that's he grew a beard. It's like nah. I mean, I don't. I can't. Do you think that's a real beard? I thought it was fake beard, but I don't could know. be wrong. I, I if could it's be... real, I th- I feel like they did that like dusting thing underneath, so they like they whitened up his skin underneath the beard or something. Like there's just a there's an awkward there's an awkward thing about the way this guy looks. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's it kind of like well, it kind of does remind me of um, uh, ruling class Peter O'Toole in the ruling okay. class where he looks like a lion. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you do. You know. I see you know what exactly, you're saying. You know exactly. And he, that's where he starts off as Jesus. Hmm. And then, but then it turns out he's the spirit of the times, and he's Jack the Ripper. Hmm. I mean, is, isn't that the same? That's the same story, isn't it? Uh maybe it is, RJ. That's in a sense. That that's for me to say. That is for you to say. Uh, no, yeah, like I don't know. It's um. I think it's. I think it's fine. I, I I won't ever watch it again, which I know isn't like the best like measure <laughs> yeah. of that seems that's the about quality uh, of a movie. Well, that's about like ninety percent of the movies we watch. Minimum, oh, ninety nine min- for me for sure. Yeah, almost. But like, it's fine. I I don't know where you would watch this thing. It's not like even if you were like actually Catholic people or like some brand of Christianity and you were really some into this brand, stuff. Some other brand. Some brand. Of, I, I don't know. There's also, there's all kinds, right? Some brand of Christianity. <laughs> Lutheran. People like Lutheran, th- Baptist, yeah. E-free, whatever. If you were mm-hmm. some other branch of this that you were a follower of the Christ, this would not be uh, my recommendation of a, of a film to watch. Christo. Yeah, basically Whatever. this thing yeah, exists. You know, like, like I don't know if this is going to to win over the hearts and minds because now you can just make these movies over and over and over again. You recast yeah. them. You make them for the time that you exist in. And this kind of now exists as a historical record of the biggest attempt at making this story, right? Yeah. And I don't know. I Again, I just don't feel like there's enough here for me to be like, I'm like, well, I could find better examples of a lot of this in other silent films. Yeah. That, that won't annoy me to a degree. Yep. So, <laughs> like, I don't know what, what else no, to I'm say with about you. it. And there's, like, again, there is some, like, really nice, like, black and white cinematography. As they're, like, there's, like, I mean, I do have a soft spot for silent films. I just find that as time's gone on, I have, like, not that much of a tolerance to watch this stuff anymore. I just, I find, like, the, the filmmaking sometimes Patience. is so... Um, primitive and i think that's just like that's that's on me because i i think mm-hmm. i mean when i was younger i think i had more like i was way more like yes i want this but sometimes you're like yeah some of this stuff is pretty janky and you got to kind of go along with that because that's just what mm-hmm. that's what it is and i mean if you watch enough of it and focus in and hone in on it you can absolutely appreciate this no problem um but you have to be in that mood to do it yep. and when you'd have to do this every week no matter what it is, no matter yeah. what mood you're in, whatever the subject matter is, whatever the theme is, the you, theme, the theme um, uh-huh. you have to, you're along for the ride and uh, you, you got to record on Wednesday. That's true. That's true. No, I, I'm with you, man. And like, I, I, I did not want to watch this thing this week either. Uh, I did find there were some redeeming parts of it near, like, I thought the ending was pretty good. So there were the ending, the, uh, like, I thought the crucifixion stuff was, I thought it looked nice, but uh, I don't know. There were a few things that somewhat redeemed it for me, but I, it is, it's a long haul movie, man. Like I, I can't, I can't imagine there's a lot of people who 
have interest in this or i i really doubt there's any champions of this thing other than those like weirdos that things that you read at the start where it's like it's beyond space and time and it's like cecil b demille stands yeah it's like i think i think you mean the story itself is not this film presentation of it so uh, I, I don't know. And then, I mean, in the remake of King of Kings, uh, you get color and you get actual talking, which is pretty cool. Well, in this, you get like at the very beginning and the very end, you get some uh, like two color te- technicolor. <laughs> like it's like yeah. super minimal. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know, but I was going to say too, like, I don't even really remember the remake that much. Like I, I, I apparently I gave it three stars. So that was when I was still rating stuff. Uh, but, uh, that's real middle of the road. Yeah. And I think what I said too, I was like, uh, I looked at my review and I was just like, well, I was like, there's better. It's kind of exactly what you said. I was like, for even the remake of this, I was like, there's a, there's better versions of this story and there's like more entertaining things you can watch. Uh, and then that one, the, the highlight was just, you saw people getting their haircut and I just, I just thought that was kind of, that's that's the the one one where you saw Romans getting their haircuts. That's the ticket. Yeah. Well, I was like, I was like, that's something unique. I I don't see that in a lot of these uh, time period movies. So you sure don't. So uh, that's uh, that's the only real takeaway from uh, um, Nick Ray's uh, King of Kings is uh, haircuts. Haircuts. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big takeaway. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I um I think I definitely liked it more than you did. But uh, it yeah. is it is. um. I don't want to say like a challenge or anything like that, but it's, it's a tough watch. Like you gotta, you gotta be in the mood for this fucking thing. And like, I don't know when anyone ever would be in the mood for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even a big religion boy. Like I don't, I I can't see. Yeah. I mean, I think the failing maybe for me, like based on my experience of watching it is that, I mean, I know I've been like kind of temporarily won over in these narratives of, Jesus. So it doesn't rule it out. If it's told well, it's a, it's a well-told yeah, story. It's good... And like, so I mean, like Last Temptation of Christ, I think is actually a really good movie. And I'm like, yep. this is like one of the best presentations of this story that makes sense. Um, this movie assumes that you were already won over. And I don't yeah. think it's trying to like make a case. It, I don't. I think it's a, maybe it's a failure of proselytization. Besides, like you'd have to have someone there like walking it through because people could watch this and be like, "What do you mean it's real?" <laughs> and they go, "Yeah, it happened a long time ago." You're like, "What does that mean? Why? Why are all the all these people in this part of the world white when they're not? They don't look like this." But you know, that's America. That's Hollywood, baby. Hollywood. Jim Caviezel. What is he? Baby. Baby. Cause he was pretty convincing. Yeah. I, I have you ever seen that picture of uh, that like the uh, what is it called the reconstruction of uh, what Jesus actually looked like? Have yep. you ever seen that? Yes. I like that. I like that image. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got like a little poof of hair. No. Nope. He's a little like caveman looky. Mm-hmm. Because he's got like a big brow ridge, and it's like, yeah, that's probably what that dude looked like. Because I, I don't <laughs> he, know. Oh, okay. he used to look like a guy. He's just like he's just a dude. But you know. It's what it is. It's a business. This is a. It's a. It's a business. Isn't it all a business, Jerry? It wasn't always. It's one of the. Actually, at one point, um, Christianity was definitely not friends with capitalism, but like all things, uh, capitalism won Christianity over. Well, that's kind of like Jerry. Do you remember that film I watched this Creeptober, uh, Stigmata? 
Mm-hmm. And the message of that was that the proclamation of Jesus Christ was that uh, if you want to look for his church, just look all around you. And uh, the big message was you don't need a church to praise him. He is risen around you. you but the church was you know, stifling that because it's like, hey, 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 don't send people away from the church. We need that. Uh, I need, need their cut, gabagool. The gabagool. We need a little bit. Hey, the there's Carm, Carmine. <laughs> Carmine. Carmine, not Carmine, uh, Carm uh, Soprano. She was a big, she was a big religion boy. That first season, she's got the priest in her house. Yep. He's, oh, yeah. he's being so, real weird. Very complicated. Very complicated. Fa- I think fa- the big father. Father. Uh, they're always heating them up, ziti and stuff like that. Yeah. So you know, everything's coming back to a head. We brought this up in the preamble, and it's coming back. Always does. It always ba- ba- does. back to Tony S. Time is a flat circle. Would you like to hear from people who hated King of Kings? I mean, is like it, what? Like it, you know, it, it's like you know, you know where this is all going. Like it, it's all part of the <laughs> the greater narrative. Yep. Okay. So, one and a half stars from Brian Bell. Okay. Palestinians sure were white two thousand years ago. Oh come on. Yeah. See. And, what, and, like, the thing about that, too, it's like, yeah, I know, I know Jesus wasn't a white guy. He looks like that Neanderthal-looking dude. But it's not about that, though, in RJ. It's, it's, I and, know. And, and they, they, they know that. They know. We all know it's not part of that. We all we all know that. But but his, uh, his issue is with ho- 1920s Hollywood. It's not it's, with... But, it, uh, but, it, but it, RJ, it's about white supremacy. Well, it's funny <laughs> you say that. One of this guy's favorite films is A Clockwork Orange. How many uh, non-whites are in that film? It, it's... it's um, about goons. About yeah, who, big it's about hooligans. How many non-whites are in that film? <laughs> There's uh, nihilists. What about Network? How many non-whites are in that film? <laughs> Do you see the point I'm making here, Jared? Mm-hmm. He also gave Birth of, uh, Birth of a Nation one star, which is like, I understand that. People don't like that thing. I've never, I, I, I've never seen that, uh, that thing. Yeah, I mean... I have no input. I just know that I it's have... not good. Ah, man, that 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 is also talking about long movies, <laughs> big old yeah. big old chunky boys. That's one of them, Ooh. and that that has some grotesque racism. The Ku Klux Klan are heroes in that that, that picture. Oh yeah, they're they're oh, the, yeah. they're gallant heroes. So that's a so, different that's a different thing altogether. I think so, uh, this so is just watch it. This is like know? this is like yeah. I mean, people just, whatever like the. Jesus paintings in people's houses. You look at it and yeah. you go, oh, look. And then make people make the same joke because internet. So anyway, yeah, leave, leave, I, leave, leave, leave that one alone. I, um, yeah, I feel like it's like, just don't even watch it then if it's like a racist, like old piece of shit, you know? This dude loves old movies, though. Okay. And they gave Portrait of a Lady on Fire five stars. So how many, how many non-whites are in that film? It's not really the point, RJ. Is that not the point? Of are, are the, but they're no, it's not because those are oh, okay. they're depicting people from a country, and then they're making them white guys oh, rather than movies about white people. <laughs> That's a difference. Oh wow! Mm. Kev, Kevil Henry Kevil. Yeah, maybe Superman? maybe one and a half star. Not a fan. I got so bored to the point where I muted and started playing my own playlist over it. I mean, it's a silent film, so it kind of works. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing with silent film audio scores. This one's not bad. No, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I've but seen... I mean, if, 
if if that's how you are, just don't watch silent films then. Yeah, I mean, who's stumbling across this in 2018 in February? Well, exactly. And this well, person, this well, person gave Summertime five stars. Wow, something wrong over there. And they they gave Fight Club a half a star. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Jonathan, last one here. Oh boy, okay. two stars. This one checks all the boxes. Is it? Okay, I won't even say it. Yep, just go. Underlying tones of anti-Semitism and anti-feminism make it hard to appreciate what is otherwise a pretty technically masterful film. Mm. It's sad to think that movies like this, which basically flat out say that being an independent woman is bad. Is that what it flat um, says? Or Birth of a Nation were the ones that had huge influences in early 20th century American culture. A real stain on the history of cinema and not much more than anything than one note religious propaganda. I mean, it's like if you don't like religious propaganda, don't watch religious movies. Well, is that is, is that, that like, like is, I, that I, a, I, is that stepping too far? Or? I, I mean, again, it's all this context of how this stuff exists and then the purpose, I guess, of it in the Criterion Collection. And obviously sure. someone curated that into the collection uh, yeah. because they were like, well, this is like a, a cinematic import and uh, we, <laughs> and mm-hmm. we, we, we must present it in like, you know, it, it kind of like lionizes it beyond, I like, see. beyond what it is. So depending on how people are watching this and it's not like people are accidentally stumbling upon this 1927 silent film about, Jesus, uh, and they're like, "Oh, what's this all about?" And then they get crusty about it. I mean, these people might have other reviews about similar movies, and they make the same kind of point about it. Mm. It's, it's, just, it's what it is. I mean, it, it, you can't change it. Um, it's not like um, no, no one's no one's going to make you watch it unless you do a podcast where you have to watch all the movies in order. So well, that's what I mean. It's like if if you if you don't want to watch that stuff, don't watch a movie from a hundred years ago then. Don't, don't watch. Well, just some, don't watch some, it. Some some people say that movies like that still get made, even, t- oh, even today. Yeah. Well, don't watch those either. Then speak <laughs> with your wallet. Speak with your wallet. Jonathan gave Birth of a Nation half a star, which isn't a surprise, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, they also gave the uh, the Rise of Skywalker a half a star and the Greasy Strangler a half a star. Oh come on! But they gave the Irishman five stars. <laughs> well. There and funny go. games, five stars. <laughs> they have other good movies in their things too, but you know, okay, you, you know, I do what I do. I know. I know your. I I, I, know, I, your, I, I know your tricks. I have a character that I play for a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He knows. He gets it. I hear you. I he I, gets I, it. I feel you. He knows what's up. Wow. <sighs> um. Hmm. I'm just kind of skimming the essay for The King of Kings, written in 1992. Okay. So this must have been a laser disc or something. Describing the scene at the Chinese theater where 100,000 people, the largest crowd ever to greet any kind of theatrical opening, were there either gawking at celebrities or hoping to buy an extra ticket, which cost in today's money between $75 and $200. 
Inside, an army of ushers oh, okay. outfitted in Chinese robes escorted the wealthy and well-connected to their seats. D.W. Griffith began the ceremonies by declaring DeMille the greatest producer of all time, followed by pans heaped upon him by Mary Pickford and movie czar Will Hayes. Oh, yeah. See, there Whoa. you go, buddy. All Hayes code. You know, you know, you know about you know you know about codes. You know about uh, postcodes. No, well, I do know about that stuff, but uh, movie czar is an interesting thing that I've never heard of. Sounds well, cool. There, there's we, uh, good old Creepsville had a film czar for a time. Maybe that position still even exists somewhere. Oh, the audience even had to endure a half-hour prologue, glories of the scripture, before the curtain went up on Demille's latest spectacle. Um, what are what are they trying to say? His latest? Yeah, I mean that's what it was, I guess. At the time, so this, this in, essay was written in, in like eighty years ago. No, this essay was written in nineteen ninety two, and they're t- they're talking historically about something that happened in the past. Oh, describing the se- the setting the scene of seeing a movie, RJ. My timeline was a little off there. Okay. You see, okay, timelines. Yeah. Timelines. 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 Mm-hmm. The New Testament sequel to DeMille's earlier The Ten Commandments was as controversial in its day as Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ was in 1988. Although DeMille made his film under the pious supervision of clergy, he managed to titillate audiences with the same heady mixture of sex and moralism that had made The Cheat from 1915, Why Change Your Wife 1920, and 50 other earlier films so successful. The King of Kings opens with a lengthy and lavish orgy originally filmed in two-strip Technicolor, hosted by Mary Magdalene, the courtesan's favorite, Judas Escriot, is missing, apparently seduced away by a lowly carpenter. Despite this humiliating rejection, she goes to find Judas in a chariot drawn by a tree of zebras, the gift of a Nubian king. She finds her lover, a 20s version of the young Richard Gere, but fails to win him back. Rather, under Christ's tonic gaze, the seven deadly sins flee her body, and she is effectively purified and reborn. So wait, in this, in this is Richard Gere the Nubian king? No. Okay. That's that's the only question I had. No. That's all I was interested in. Um, in the in the sound era, Demille cut the picture from an approximate 155 minutes to 112 minutes. The original version no longer exists. Well. Then they, found, then they found it since this was written and added a synchronized music track. It was shown on television, and in the mid-1950s, the elderly director liked to boast that more than 800 million people had seen it. Ultimately, it was superseded by a cinemascope, stereophonic, sync sound version directed by Nicholas Ray, but it was DeMille's breakthrough film that made Jesus Christ a movie star. Whoa. I know Jesus Christ superstar, but not movie star. Mm-hmm. But a question: how How the hell would he know that eight hundred million people had seen this? Because he said it. It's true. Oh, so but it's that, true. That, yeah. Welcome, welcome to the world. You can just say things, and they're, they're true. Uh, thea- oh. So theatrical re- representations of Christ have often been controversial. In the 19th century, it was virtually impossible for an actor per- to perform the role of Christ on the American stage. James O'Neill once tried in San Francisco during the Lenten season of 1879 when he was thrown in jail. However, the projected image with its dematerializing beam of light somehow eliminated the threat of sacrilege. The passion play of 
Oberammergau, a fake recreation of the Bavarian drama, actually has been praised by clergy. The makers of King of Kings, nevertheless, remained actively concerned about the charge of blasphemy. Oh, old, olden times, RJ. DeMille arranged for representatives of every major religion to offer their blessings on the first day of filming. The production's Jesuit advisor offered sunrise services for the crew each morning, and H.B. Warner was veiled and transported in a closed car between dressing room and set. Nevertheless, there were doubts about DeMille's tastefulness. Mordant Hall of the New York Times complained that not enough had been left to the imagination. The presence of Jesus on the screen creates a feeling akin to resentment, largely because mm-hmm. Mr. DeMille has insisted on having his camera too close to the player. Because in you know, Ben-Hur, you only see Christ's hand. Yeah, but Christ is only in like two seconds of Ben-Hur. Yeah, exactly. In this movie, he's like... Front and center. That's the complaint. I know, but this one's a, this one's actually about him, though. How do you not have him there? That'd be silly. You just you just cut around him. You just you just out of there. You're just gone. Yep. Hmm. But then you wouldn't get. He, you wouldn't get the the money shot. You wouldn't get that scene of him picking up the lamb, Jarrett. Yeah. You know. So, there you go, RJ. Man. Hmm. Are, are you do you are you feeling more learned? Uh, I've never felt learned on this sh- on this show. Well, we'll get there. We'll get Learn. there. We'll get and... there, my friend. Mm. Any final words here on uh, the King of Kings? We probably gave it more credit, th- or yeah. we probably gave it more time than it needed. <laughs> well, you know, it is the greatest story ever told. Not this version. <sighs> know what i mean i find i find that very satisfying for you to say not this version no after the break we crucify torture rj because he likes it ds9 style but it was all inside his head space torture and now you're going to phaser shoot yourself in the head max, (laughs) max level you would. That's how I would do it too. Yeah. Why not? Just to see. Why don't we make movies, RJ? <laughs> I've been saying this for years. No one will give me any money. So, and much like the film, we're gonna now. Now we're doing the post-credit scene, and uh, it's gonna be long and drawn out and unnecessary, just the way you love it. Why can't he be in the movies? He's busy. 
Doing what? I don't know. Jesus things. He's, he can come he's, hang he's, out. He's got to be everywhere all at once or something. I don't know how that. I don't know how that works. If if I had to say, what's anyone, up with the what is up with the Holy Spirit? Well, it's uh, it's it's a ghost, Jared. Do you know about ghosts? Yeah, I know about g- g- ghosts. Do you know about memory ghosts? Do you know, maybe? Do you think there's like how many Reddit conversations do you think there are on like atheist pages about like Ghostbusters traveling back in time and Ghostbusting the Holy Ghost before getting to Mary and then Jesus and then they change history? I mean, there's at least one that I know of which was created by you clearly mm-hmm. and i imagine you wrote it while wearing your fedora mm-hmm. stroking my bearded neck yeah touching your cassavetti's box set on the side and he said oh yes <laughs> this will be the one to get him. adjusting my flat cap yeah, and, and uh and, and taking a pull on my uh my vape pen Ooh, vape pen what, what flavor of vape pen would you do if you could if i could Who's, what's stopping well, I mean, me? It, uh, it, well, I, that's what I mean. Like, if you could go buy a vape pen right now, what flavor would you pick? Banana. Banana? You can email us at criterioncreature at gmail.com and tell us <sighs> about how cool that guy sounds. <laughs> JC or the banana? Bana- banana pen, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on the Letterbox. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We have we have a YouTube. We've got a Patreon. Uh-huh. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Banana. <laughs> Next week, Spy 267 in the collection, RJ. I feel like it's been a while, and it's one way to kick off 2021. Akira Kurosawa Kajimusha from 1980. How do you say that again? Kajimusha. Okay. Kajimusha. Kajimusha? You gotta have some fun when you say something like that. Really? Kajimusha. I saw a thing today where uh, some actors were getting in trouble because they use accents in a TV show that's not their actually their accents. uh, Was that Shit's Creek? It was. It was. See, maybe, maybe, maybe we need to get back to like 1927. Maybe. Well, that's Straight, like the straighten everybody out, right, RJ? You know what? You could go back to 1927, and I do believe Kate Blanchett would still be considered. Wow. I brought it all back, buddy. Wow. Yeah. I was gonna say something actually related, but I think that's just a perfect point, plain place to end it. Mm-hmm. You know? No. Wow. Classic be unless you want to hear about Dave Chappelle. Um, is he in a Kurosawa movie? Could be. Then I want to. Wow. I mean, I don't care until he is. So. Okay. Well, maybe one day. <sighs> one day, unless he's bumming smokes off people. I, I, I mean, I hope. No. <laughs> Happy New Year, dear listener. That's bad luck for you. You said it before it actually happened. It's, how much worse can it get? Probably much. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>